well, oh, well the audio sorry just the audio so the, oh, it's my favorite bit it's yeah. my favorite bit um it's the only good part of the podcast frankly yeah the, the i love it when you say goodbye as well moment. it's quite sweet <laughs> um and then if you guys are ready i'm gonna start the stream uh because we're, uh, we're at time now yeah i don't i don't wanna okay well i'm ready <laughs> Take that up with your supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I'm here for the money. That's fair. Those sweet Um, benzo bucks. Uh, John, go ahead and hit that trash. Well, apparently I missed something funny while I was being very attentive to the podcast. Um, I, uh... You, you know what happened? I, I don't know. You shat yourself or something? <laughs> well, close. That's pretty right. close. I made a I made a widow burp. Oh, <laughs> cute. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Hello and welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, episode eighty-eight. Uh, it is the twenty-second of April, two thousand and twenty-two. I am your host, Michael Debs. Joining me, as always, co-host Danko Suvin. Little burpy guy from the Instagram handle <laughs> at Dinkaluz. Also joining us as always, John the producer from the Instagram handle at Who Cares, and I'm gonna keep shaming him until he does something. What a piece of shit! All uh, right, we are joined by a special guest, uh, Sweet Jay from the Instagram handle at Jay Lateral. Uh, Jay, since you are the guest, you'll go first. We'll we'll do pleasantries with you first. How are you doing today, Jay? Uh- Hi, it's the middle of the night. Oh yeah, I, I should, I should add that. I'm very excited to be here. Jay has uh, very uh, graciously uh, accepted staying up until 3.30 a.m. Uh, her time in order to do this episode, which we appreciate and uh, commend her for. Your your medal is in the mail, I promise. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. It's actually a bunch of shaved metal instead of a little wooden <laughs> yeah. box. <laughs> your your metal is in the, in the mail. <laughs> uh, John, how are you? Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I'm great. Oh, I'm great. Good to hear yeah. that. I don't remember giving you permission to feel that good, but... Well, great. yeah, you know, like... Uh, uh, I guess I do what I want. Oh. Hmm. We're not riding this guy hard enough. Yeah. I, I need to get a more busy week write, or busy work during the week. Write me up. Write <laughs> me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and, and Dorian, how are you doing today? Hmm? Uh, Danko, sorry. <laughs> 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 you see your internet pronouns. <laughs> I am uh I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, but I <sighs> So there's there's one thing that's been bothering me a lot recently. All right. What's up? And it's that so Jay is cool and all. Eh. We'll say that to start. Mixed reviews. Um yeah, yeah. I mean to Depends be who you ask. Um but uh 
Uh, one thing I really, really dislike about her okay. is that I can't uh, do her accent, so I can't do cool impressions of her. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tricky uh, accent because she's a, she's a she's a French woman living in London. <laughs> I'm doxing her right I, now. I was gonna say there's a, there's a lot of layers Here's of the imperialism. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm collecting the the imperialisms. Right. Um, so, so, go ahead. What, yeah. How do you have any tips for us, Jay? On, for imperialism. On no, well, yeah, of course. You see that dark book she got in her eyes? It's like red into her. <laughs> no, but uh, on, power. On doing your accent. Oh, God, no idea how to do that. You, yeah, <laughs> you I just, guess you just I do that. It's really funny because um, for British people, it's mm. clearly, it's very, very obvious that I'm a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And for French people, I used to work in hospitality when I was serving French people. They would tell me how great my French was. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, thanks. <laughs> they like, could not get their head around. For sure, I was British. Actually, this is this is an offensive question, but I feel like it's wow. a, it's uh, a go good on. to do it. This is actually for Mike. Oh. Uh, but has, has anyone ever complimented you on how good your English is? Absolutely. You really? Oh no! That I, sucks I, so I'm, bad. Almost, I'm almost certain I've told you this before that I've gotten comments before, like, "Oh, you're so well spoken," or "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, well that." Is so so well spoken means something different and more racist in a weird way than <laughs> uh, than your English is so good because one of them implies that you just don't. When, like, when, I, was, when I was working at the uh, when I was working at the hotel, I did get like a. Oh, your English is really good. Uh, from like somebody I don't know. I want to say right. that they're probably from like the the northeast uh, of of um, the United States. Uh, right. So they just assume the that most everybody... racist people somehow. Well, no, I mean I just assume. I mean, kind of, but I just assume uh, that they thought either. everybody. <laughs> they probably assume everybody working in a hotel in Southern California is like Hispanic uh, from yeah. Mexico. No, absolutely. I mean, what? was everybody Hispanic? Was that... No, no, we had plenty of white people. They were all in charge. Oh. They carried whips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so normally we front load all of our bullshit um, news stories and stuff like that, but uh, we are going to be conscientious of the uh, the fact that uh, Jay is up very late for this podcast episode. Uh, so we're going to get into the meat and potatoes first, and then we'll backload our bullshit, so to speak. Uh, tonight, backloading your bullshit doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Back, yeah. backload our bullshit. Uh, so, so I have uh, I have a big announcement, uh, but first I want to get into what our subject is today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a group of people, and the worst in animals. And um, if you ask me, they all belong in hell. And if you don't believe that's true, then... You're fortunate enough so that you can believe that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, the... uh, the topic of tonight is the French people, uh, who are, you know, the worst than animals. Uh, and uh, the big announcement I have is that I got a soundboard. Uh, so, so we're now all doomed to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're backloading our bullshit today. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was being disingenuous, John. It's a oh, thing I okay. do all the time. <laughs> One thing I really like about uh, that, that worse than animals uh, yeah. clip, which is an amazing clip. That's so good. Is that at first I thought, and then I remember where it was from. Yeah. At first, I thought it was him saying something about roasted animals. Yeah, close enough. And, and I, I was just imagining it was some kind of like Jungian fantasy about like, you know, becoming your internal caveman or something. And, right. and you know, roasting trans people over the fire or whatever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when, when you roast trans people over the fire, they're in hell. <laughs> hell. hell. I've got others, yeah. but they'll they'll make themselves known as uh, you know we we progress and maybe we trigger me end up tapping the button. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you what though, that guy Jordan Peterson. Yeah, he's got pretty good English. He's <laughs> very well spoken. <laughs> We're Canadian, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's let's get into uh the the topic, the main topic of tonight's episode, which is the uh, the, uh, the election of uh France's new president. Yeah. Who won? Nobody yet. Uh, especially uh, not France. Fuck. I think is. Uh, <laughs> France. I'm trying. I'm trying hard not to say. France, like uh, like shitty uh, people do. But no, but it's weirder for you to say France. Yeah, it's it is pretty weird. Now. A opinion is: Do I say France or do I say France? Either way, as as long as you're very offensive, then yeah. I'll take it. Okay. Um. Well, uh, so here here's the thing. Well, no, yeah, I guess. Okay, Mike. Would I call oh. Germany on this podcast Deutschland? Yes, you've done it. I'm sure. I mean, not, <laughs> not consistently. Not that I ever listen to this podcast, but you do. Actually, I I only refer to Germany as Alemania because I'm uh, I'm a very woke <laughs> European. I don't think this is quite the same as the Deutschland Germany thing. It totally is because it's not. So uh, you're doing one of two things. You're either applying an accent for no reason, which is really funny. Or you're saying the name of France in French as France, which is also very funny to me. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about almost... France tonight. The most pertinent article I, I could find on the subject uh, was, was this one here, which is from BizTech News, and it says France election. Emmanuel Macron's Minecraft server is a glimpse at politics in the metaverse. <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know how any of that's true, uh, but I do this love seeing this, this duck Minecraft character walking in front of a picture of Emmanuel Macron. Um, okay, scroll, I was going to ask about that. Scroll down a little bit. Um, so, it's election season in France and posters of the incumbent president Emmanuel Macron uh, gaze down on a picturesque small town with its post office, police station, and cinema and kebab shop nestled on the banks of a gently flowing river. The town isn't real, though. This is all happening in Minecraft, the blocky sandbox game that has captured the imagination of millions since it was first released in 2011. As part of his drive for re-election, Macron's campaign has created its own official Minecraft server for potential voters and curious British journalists to visit. Um, so go ahead and scroll down a little bit, but uh, 
Well, why don't they Pokemon go to the polls though? <laughs> don't, don't play that video. That it, video's got nothing to do with this. It that this, like, yeah, this obviously stupid thing is still smarter than what our politicians do. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so scroll down just a little bit more. This is uh, this is the fake town in uh, Minecraft. Uh, it floats above a a giant island shaped like France, um, which Damn. is funny because Jay, correct me if I'm wrong. France is not an island. Uh, it is not an island. Okay, you're right. Perfect. All right, that's my shit post way to introduce this topic. Jay, you have the floor. Please talk. <laughs> I will. Uh, right. So. Um, the elections, I want to explain how they work a bit, but I think we've touched up on it. I think it's important to explain where I'm talking from as well. Sure. I've not lived in France for the past 10 years. So I've got a distant involvement with French politics. Uh, it's nice to keep that in mind. Also, I'm probably illiterate. So whatever I say. Uh, You're in good company. Exactly. Yeah, we <laughs> do illiteracy here. Um, so we were talking earlier about accents as well. And when I first moved here, people assumed I was Polish because I had a stronger, weirder Eastern Europe European accent. Um, and they were quite cool to me. And then when I would tell them I was French, they would really much warm up to me and then shower me with all the cliches you can imagine about France. I thought, Go on. aren't they supposed to hate the French? Aren't they supposed to cut off your fingers and stuff? Or the other way around? I don't know. The other way around. we we not too keen on each other unless Germany is involved in this case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and so it's really interesting for me, having lived in France, coming from France, to see, I think, the disconnect there is between what people think France is and what France actually is. And when you see stuff like Emily in Paris, I feel it's important <laughs> that we try to, uh, I think, define France from what people think France is and then try to figure out what France actually is before we talk about the election. It's going to be very didactic. I'm sorry. Um, French people tend to define themselves as Latin people. Mm. Um, and that means that they're a bit unruly, mischievous, and they lack a bit of a fight. But also they're very attached to their Gallic identity, which is fucking stupid because the Roman, i.e. the Latin, took over the Gallic people and killed them. So... Um, Pardon? That does sound dialectical. Yeah, um, and I think that's where you start seeing the irony in the French identity is that they really pick and choose like we all do, I guess. Um, the thing with the Gaelic people, I think, in <laughs> the French identity, for me at least, is very much rooted in the idea of revolt and revolution and um, our animal is uh, literally a cock. It's a rooster uh, because he is a symbol of whistleblowing. So like in our identity, you've got this since forever. So we think we're that kind of people that will never ever um, let people take over you. Uh, 
and the thing is, I think we're, sorry, I feel like I'm talking out of my ass. Uh, we are uh, very much in need of a leader and the way we've built our uh, power and executive power in France is incredibly pyramidal. Right. So I'll get to this, but for a second to recontextualize what France actually is, it's a fairly small country. It's the size of two Colorados. Um, and its longest land border is actually with Brazil. France has had a lot of colonies and it's managed to keep most of them. We keep a lot of them. So French power has spread all over the globe. And that means that we have amazing diversity in France. It's the country of Europe with the most Muslim people, but also the most Jewish people. And France is incredibly racist. So we'll talk about that too. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, so it's uh, a fairly small country. It's also the fourth um, army in the world. And we've got the nuclear weapon. Just the uh, one so or think- like multiple? I only counted seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I have no idea how much we have, but we've got tons of nukes, and so we're part of NATO and all of this. So there is that tension around France. It's that t- teeny tiny country, like a rooster, but in the same time, it will um, nuke you. Yeah. That's actually something that I, I like to bring up uh, a lot when people go off on how the French are cowards and, and all that, which, you know, maybe, who knows? Uh, but uh, it's oh, is the fact that, you know, the U.S. is behind pretty much every military engagement that has happened in the world over the last hundred years. But France is behind all of them that have ever happened. Like every war that has ever happened is France's fault. Except Iraq. Except for right. yeah. oh, so, wow. freedom <laughs> but still somehow. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're welcome. Maybe. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, but so I think that's that's why we care about France. It's not because of the culture, and not because all of that. But I think because it's. A teeny tiny country with an incredible stronghold on its cultural capital, but also its army. But it's pretending. I was just. Yeah, we, we talked before yeah. on the podcast about like the Central African Republic and the the conflict going on there, uh, where you have like not really secret Russian operatives, but you have uh, operatives that are very heavily tied to Russia in some way, uh, working against uh, French operatives that are trying to maintain control of that as like a, a vassal colony sort of state thing. Um, yeah, f- f- France is all over the fucking place, uh, despite it being a very small uh, country uh, within its own borders. Yeah, and another thing quickly as well about France, it's a, it's a very old country, which gives it... I think part of its power, one of the reasons why it's a North country is a lot of its borders are natural borders. So they're either literals or the mountains. The only border that's quite flat is with Germany and Belgium. And that's been heavily contested for 200 years until we created the EU in order for us to stop killing each other and to go and kill people somewhere else. So... 
a lot of its powerful claims, I think, are more to do with geography. Anyway, um, the weather, I, I want to explain quickly how executive power is organized in France. Uh, we are under what we call our fifth republic. So every time we change our constitution, it's a new republic. Our first republic was just after the revolution. So we are number five. And the structure as we know it has been created in 1958 by Charles de Gaulle, the guy who didn't win the war but managed to win World War II anyway. And so the way it works, so basically he got into power and then designed this and it's like, what I'm going to try to show is that basically we elect a king, we elect a monarch in France. So the president is the head of state. It's got all the symbolic powers as well as the, the representative power. It's also the head of the army. They can call referendums, they name the MP, and they can decide to dissolve the National Assembly where all our member of parliaments gather if uh, they feel that that was necessary. Which is the, the funniest and coolest move you can pull in Europe, from what I know. Uh, that's never gone poorly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and and they all we also have uh, just because when I say that they are very similar to monarch, the the president has presidential pardon. So if someone is in prison, the president could decide that. They come out, and that's something that we have from our previous monarchies. Um, so, president is elected, names its prime minister, which has to be part of the majority uh, that came from the legislative elections, and then uh, together they organize the government and so on. Um, the way, so to be a president in France, you need to be godfathered into it. That's what we call it. We've got about 300,000 mayors and you need 500 of them to sign a paper saying, yeah, sure, I'll back you up, you can run. And so we have a potential to have tons of people. You just need to be 23 year old, but you can do it on your own. You don't need a party to back you. I would argue you need some money, but not that much. Um, and then you're good to go. We've got direct suffrage in two rounds. So the way it works is that whomever manages to get on the lists. You, so this year we had, uh, I think, 13 different people. You go in, you put a name in an envelope, we count them. If there is no one that has more than 50% of the votes two weeks later we take the two runner-ups against each other on round two and then someone's bound to have more votes than the other um so that's a system that works fairly well in a bipartisan system where you have two main established parties and small little parties around usually historically you'd have a uh, Parti Socialiste, which is uh, actually not socialist, but uh, social democrat, and they're now liberals uh, on one side, and on the other side, you have a more conservative right, and then smaller parties like communist parties, Greens, uh, we used to have uh, very traditional parties or stuff like that. It works quite well, and then 
doing the two rounds, what usually would happen is that smaller parties would make deal with the bigger parties and then be like, guys, let's vote for them and then we'll have that ministry or this or that. And and then you organise power like this. Um, this year, I just looked it up. 94% of people who could vote were registered to vote. And we, the way we organize vote, it's it's a ritual. It's I think a spectacle. Um, it was appalling that only seventy four percent of the people who were registered to vote went to vote this year. So we've got a lot of people. Like it's French people are incredibly involved into it, but I think it's quite a circus. People show up to vote once every five years, and then nothing really happens. But so that's to give you an idea. Um, and to talk briefly about the ritual of voting as well, it's always on the Sunday because legally you shouldn't, you can't work, work work on a Sunday. It's it's very ritualized and it's. I've not voted in France for a very long time, but um, I've never queued more than fifteen minutes to vote. It's very easily accessible. There's loads of rules on how you vote and how it's counted and. Um, it's all organized by the French Republic and under the guide of the French Republic. So that the institution is already building itself there and create, giving itself its own power. Guys, if you have any questions, please ask me. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really distracted by one guy in the chat that that's mentioning that France is not an island. And I don't know if it's genuine or not because I'm pretty sure France is an island. But this guy um, might be too dumb to realize. Every man is an island. We we saw it on yeah, the every Minecraft. Man is an island. Every every France is an island. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um anyway. Um Quickly as well about campaigning, the way you can finance your campaign is heavily regulated in France. So um, you are allowed to spend up to 17 million euros uh, if you are in the first round and if you go up to the second round, up to 22 and a half million euros. Some of it you can finance with public money and some of it you can finance in very strictly regulated uh, private streams. This will come back later uh, in this conversation because Sarkozy, previous French president, is bound to go to prison soon for the amount of bullshit he's been doing with um, just made up fake friends uh, and fake invoices in order to give money to the friends. (laughs) Fake friends I know, are really right? the biggest problem in politics, in my mind. Yeah, all, all those sex dolls are people to me, okay? <laughs> he made up an, an alias so that he could earn money that he was giving through, I don't really know, I mean... See, companies do that kind um, of shit over here all the time, and they just get away yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably do it, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> We probably all do that here, honestly. Um, so there is, yeah, there's that standard that France tries to hold itself to in terms of um, the way they organize the, the, the elections and all of this. Uh, the, uh, the thing that I think is, is most interesting about what you kind of talked about so far is the 
it, you know, you, you have this stated uh, direct democracy and, 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 and this kind of revolutionary Gallic kind of vigor around everything uh, and, uh, you know, bestial day and, and all that stuff. And, and yet you do, like you said, essentially uh, elect a monarch who ends up deciding who everyone that's going to be around him is going to be. Uh, or she, I, I guess we might get a little pen. That would be really Ooh, cool. Right? The pen already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More <laughs> female races. She's uh, uh, already in the chat. She can hear you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, but that's really interesting to me. Uh, and I, I mean, we do we have very much kind of the same thing in in the U.S. Uh, I, I think. And I think I think a big part of that is actually this weird historical echo that that keeps going on, where you you think culturally speaking that because you're these people, and I'm, again speaking of, of France and the U.S. in, in this, that be, because you're this this type of uh, type of community that is so revolutionary and, and so unwilling to be. Uh, like owned or ruled by someone else that you the only way for you to maintain that is you have to you have to pick a dad uh, <laughs> and, and there's this weird psychological thing that occurs where it's like i could never be ruled and so i need to find someone to rule me uh and and that's fascinating to make a strong uh, ruler yeah. that will keep me from being ruled <laughs> big strong boss big strong boss so i go um secondary brain worms because of you guys and i started yes. posting loads of text in my stories uh, and i literally got three people engaging i was like this is great and, and i tried to, to touch on to that as well um the literally the potence of the of the potential president is always in the conversation and yeah. Yeah. and until this election the fact that a candidate was a woman was a point of conversation, and to some extent, it still is. Yeah, are, so are people just, like focusing on like how how good she fucks, or like how many boyfriends? She it's it's like, very complicated with Le Pen, but just going yeah. back uh, in the history of our presidents and prime minister, um, very yeah, they're all, like, stuff. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So elected in seventy four, fucked Diana. And then the guy who came after him had a secret wife and a secret daughter, also an official wife. The guy after him, Jacques Chirac, he was called five minutes, including shower. That's how much he fucked. <laughs> and literally. Um, and then oh, after like him, we got Sarkozy. <laughs> literally. Sarkozy, he was, it's quite interesting. We had quite short presidents. Mm. Very much like Napoleon. Yeah, I was going to You know it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Sarkozy got a new wife that looked like the previous one, but with longer legs, 20 years younger, and you can find pictures of her naked on the internet. And then we got... John Palmer. I was going to say, we had one of those presidents uh, recently too, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah, you did. Then we got François Hollande, which Thomas. was weirdly um, accused to be flabby a lot, and I think accused... 
of flaccidity almost. Ooh. So I'll go through oh. it again, but he didn't get re-elected. I need and to then make sure Macron. my president can have a good, strong erection. That's why I voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, even worse, I need to know that he is a big, strong erection. Yeah. But talk, talking of electing your daddy, Macron yeah. fucked his teacher. Mm. Right, yeah. Which, honestly, again... And, and, well, yeah, and you know how France doesn't really have age of consent, but therefore people will defend Does it him. Does not? I didn't no, know no. about that. That's so funny. So the petition worked. We did it, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, when did, when did we start a petition? Uh, th- that oh, was a couple is... of French philosophers a, a few years back. <laughs> yeah, this, oh, is, this is one of the black marks that uh, that anytime someone wants to be an edgelord on the internet, they, they pop up and they say, well, didn't Deleuze and Foucault and all these people sign a letter trying to lower the age of consent or remove it? Just, yeah. It's a confusion yeah. of what actually happened, but we don't need to go. And into I did that. some embarrassing things when I was French too. So I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> we've all we've all had a French philosopher phase, am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so still bald. Um, sorry, go on. Well, I was gonna no, ask. Just... Uh, uh, I, I looked into this a little bit. Uh, I did. I did the yeah, bare minimum on. of research, and it's correct me if I'm wrong, but French um, philosophers yeah. at Cox. <laughs> no, not not about the French philosophers. Presidents, sorry. Um, so so uh, part part of this election is also kind of like a, a representational government sort of thing too, right? Where um, whatever party gets a certain amount of votes also gets like some kind of parliamentary uh, representation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm getting there. That's a very good oh, point. Okay. So if you're going to get there, elect- we we can table that for later. Well, I'm getting there now, really. I was just looking at and how so much they were fucked. There we go, there. Um, yeah, so you vote for a president who name a prime minister, and the prime minister has to be uh, of the elected majority of um, the assembly. No, because you, you don't vote for a party, you vote for a president, and then in June, we'll do the legislative election, which is local election, and you elect what we call a deputy who will then go and pass the laws. And it so happens that sometimes the majority of uh, the assembly doesn't match the party of the president, and then you have what we call a cohabitation. I love cohabitation. I've been in one of those before. Yeah. Yeah, it's a common law thing, right? And this is really much against the spirit of the Fifth Republic, uh, because this is not how a monarchy works, but uh, it, it, it makes the, the gears of the Republic work backwards almost, and it makes it very complicated to... Basically, your boss is always against you, which I'm sure John and Benko know what it feels like. Um, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I'm planning in a second to go back through historically what happened since 95 and coalitions, well, cohabitations to see how we ended up as royally fucked as we are right now. But there's one thing I wanted to mention as well quickly. Um, one of the great French value, that is one of the reasons I think we're so fucked right now, is secularism. And historically, it's... And 1905, France decides to completely sever its ties with the Catholic Church and that the state is 
uh, without a God and without a religion. 1905 is before any form of um, immigration happens uh, besides Italy or internally. So it's a country that's mainly Catholic and that just doesn't want the church to get involved. And it's quite... It's a very Catholic thing to do. Well, it is, but it's also... um, So France tried to centralise its power since forever. And one way to do that was to impose um, how to pass on citizenship and what it means to be a French citizen through schools. And free schools were a very important movement in France at that time. Um, And I think the way we understand secularism now has nothing to do with the spirit of secularism over 100 years ago, but we're still fighting with those uh, arguments about wearing the hijab, for example. Um, And I think, especially actually since 9-11, this conversation has become more and more prevalent in uh, the French conversation and over we are a secular country. And we clearly have incredibly Christian values. Um, Again, very American um, issue, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is. um, I think there is a lot of interesting parallels, you're right, with American politics. Uh, I would argue, though, that we're not a federal state and that there is no localised power um, at all compared to Mm. what you would have in the US. It's also much smaller than the US, so that would make sense. But, I mean, even if you look at transport networks in France, they all go towards Paris. And there's that thing when you talk about people who don't know France very well, but they think France is, it's the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. It's Amélie. It, it's, it's, it's Paris. So Paris yeah. is France. France um, is making a woman center. airtight with your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Becoming president for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Yeah, no, so... um, The Socialist Party is created in 1905 and slowly um, it has disintegrated today to... I I think it's dead. Um, But in... Let me check... In 1901, François Mitterrand is elected as the head of the Socialist Party. At the time, they're still fairly left. And I think it's the first big stabbing in terms of uh, politics that will degenerate into further liberalism. He passes policy through the EU that will have to um, denationalize some of our institutions, like trains and electricity and energy, which is now... Uh, becoming privatized because of those laws that were passed at the time he was elected. In 1995, Chirac, uh, who was the runner in Chirac. I'm sorry, guys. I need to stop talking on this stupid podcast. Yeah. No, I love it because I can hear myself so much and my uh, stupid yet ungraspable uh, accent. Um, if, if, if you want me to interrupt you, just blink or continue speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, Chirac, venerable of Mitterrand in 88, finally gets elected in 95. At the time, you're elected for seven years, but the legislative election that we just mentioned with the National Assembly are for every five years. So there is, we started seeing a pattern of having two years of cohabitation towards the end as disgruntlement. So Chirac thinks he is brilliant. And as soon as he gets in, he dissolves the assembly. There is a vote. He fucks up. The, the So sorry, Chirac is the right wing. And the left wing, Lionel Jospin gets in and it's five years of cohabitation. So that means it's five years where you'll have a headbutt, headbutting completely all the time, where the Socialist Party is squeezed between the policies they're trying to impose and a president who will constantly block them, but also he can name some of his ministers. So it's like a shit game of chess. And that gives power to the smaller left-wing parties that start realizing that the liberal shift that the Socialist Party is taking is not good for them. Uh, In 2002, Chirac runs again. At that time, he also realizes between the two, they're actually having seven years elections, like seven years, so seven years runs for the president, but five for the legislative is a bad idea. So he swaps it back down to five years for both, which he can do maths, and that's great. 2002, he runs again, but by then the left has completely exploded in so many different little parties, and they really struggle during the cohabitation time that although, as per usual, you were expecting to see the bipartisan and see the main right-wing candidate, so Chirac, and then Jospin again in the second run, you get Jean-Marie Le Pen, and in 2002, at that time, I must have been 13. And it was just a really traumatic day, I think, for a lot of people to suddenly see the far right, and I'll talk about Le Pen briefly, um, get so far in, suddenly, suddenly it's not about what you believe anymore. It, it feels very threatening. And it's just also after 2002, after Chirac opposed going to Iraq. And um, when we started debating um, what Islam meant and the place that Islam had in France. If, if I recall correctly, I think this is around the time when uh, the the United States ended up inventing freedom tracks. Yeah, 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 because of Chirac. It, yeah. uh, Chirac was- <laughs> No, we didn't on our own. You guys have never been doing it. <laughs> You're right. Um, he was yeah. uh, an incredibly corrupted piece of shit, but he had that ability. He had his I think. God damn it! <laughs> he, he basically one day asked his translator to ask Thatcher if she wanted him to put his ball on a plate, Perfect. and you can't really totally hate a man like that. No, uh, he's dead. And. Um, I think uh, so, any any mention of Chirac uh, also needs to come with a mention of his first name, Jacques Chirac. Okay. Fair enough. Jacques Chirac. That's just a poetic name. I'm sorry. Oh, also, is, is that the name of that uh, awful liqueur or liquor that uh, Jay's? Uh, was it that, Jay-Z? That's Ciroc. Shut up. A little bit different. 
Shut up. Whatever, man. You, is you, like, was it a grape vodka? Yeah, something like that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe you guys have voted a grape vodka into uh... yeah. Wrong with your country. So there is no age of consent, but there is an age to vote, and I was too young not to vote for him. Oh, you were too young not to vote for him. I think she she got her double negatives mixed up. I don't know. Okay, I was like, so yes, I I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. They get them confused. (laughs) At first, Uh, I thought you were saying I was young and rebellious, so I voted for Sharad. Look at at Danko (laughs) punching down on uh, on someone who speaks English as her third language. She's very I'm a foreigner. Well Thank you. Oh, uh, I'm full of shit. <laughs> it's also 4 a.m. and I have COVID, so <laughs> I want to die. Okay, so uh, you know Jean Marie COVID though. Sorry, it's is it, is it you can't smell your farts? <laughs> that is true, but my farts smell delicious, so I, I usually miss that when it happens. Uh, every time I get COVID, uh, but uh, no, the thing that really rules about it is that. You you get COVID and it lasts for so fucking long that uh, people can like forget that you have it, and so you can use it as an excuse for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, like e- even ignoring long COVID. If if you told me uh, because you had it last week when when you were in mm-hmm. our workshop, see Sweet Jay is in our workshop, and she said I'm she's so wonderful. But uh, but you had it a week ago, but you could tell me in three weeks that you have COVID and I would think nothing of it. I would just yeah. think, oh, Jay still has COVID. That's I have people crazy. doing my shopping for me. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, that's amazing because they pity me so much. They don't want me to give them money for it. And I'm like, okay. That's <laughs> 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 amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me groceries. <laughs> I need banana. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Jean-Marie Le Pen, let's talk about this awful piece of shit quickly. Um, he was part of a commando doing what we called the events in Algeria, which was the war of independence that Algeria launched against us. And he <laughs> took great pleasure into torturing the locals. Oh, yeah. There is, I don't really know the story that well, but there is a story about his knife, which France always manages to come up with those m- most Freudian stories about everything ever but literally he left his knife with his full name on it and after torturing a daughter in a family home and he forgot his knife and they hid it and now they've been threatening that family for decades for him to for them to surrender it because it's a proof of his um, misbehaving anyway um, I, I mean that or it's a family heirloom yeah. yeah, I think finder's so, deeper than lies here. Yeah, <laughs> ownership is ninety nine percent of torture. <laughs> funny, funny thing about Le Pen is that when he started coming onto the um, public eye, um, he was wearing an eye patch. Because I think that uh, that tradition, well, it reminds me of that Austrian tradition of dueling and then proudly wearing your dueling scars and going into politics. And I think it still kind of happens. We'd, we'd have to check. 
Sure. Um, he did that for a while because he was like, oh, it's from the Algeria war and I lost an eye. Yeah. I, I got this eye patch in New Zanzibar when I was playing wait, wait, Big wait. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> a few years later, he lost an eye and started wearing a glass eye, but it was the other eye. Yeah. I was going to say, there was a moment where he had to switch bad eyes. Because... He just went like this, you oh. know? You know, if, if that happened in the U.S., though, mm-hmm. we would we would all be claiming that he was a clone yeah. because the, the wrong eye was blind. No, nobody yeah, would I rationally the... assume that he was just making shit up the whole time. We would, yeah. we would <laughs> invent some kind we, of we clone conspiracy it's, it's, again, It has to do with that needing to invent a dad thing where, uh, you know, we, we are so, we're so like revolutionary and wild and cool that uh, we can't be led by idiots. They need to be evil clones made by Jews. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the he might have argued that he lost the other eye and it's so strong that he restrengthened that eye. Oh, oh it's like a daredevil so thing where you lose one sense and like the other wasn't ones become stronger, yeah. except for yeah. this is just and one eye the, or the other. <laughs> so let's talk about his politics briefly. Yes, uh, he denies that the Holocaust ever happened. Well, no one's perfect. He hates so many people. He even hates ginger people. That's really funny. He's been, <laughs> he's been filmed harassing um, ginger people in the street. Oh, wow. And denying the Holocaust and comparing black people to monkeys. Um, the you whole fucking fuck. the, the, the Only huh? 3,000 Jews died in the Holocaust, and you know it. <laughs> Screaming that it Irish people. I I I don't know of Western European party that is even at the time as big and as racist and dangerous as this one. I, I can't cool. really think of it. Good. It's quite rad. So uh, I was looking at the numbers of it, and uh, he ran the first time in 95, and he pulled 15% of the numbers. I thought he was lower than that. His position, so his party is the National Front, the Front National. He never really wanted to be elected. He always wanted to be installed. <laughs> Well, no, I think to be there and be a voice of uh, opposition and be a bit of a dickhead. Um, So in in 2002, when he got uh, to the second round, he had no clue what he was doing. There's been a tradition uh, to always have a televised debate between the two rounds. Uh, Chirac refused to do it at the time. And um, and I think this is where the bullshit really starts. So people go in the street. In 2002, um, the first round, 28% of people didn't go, didn't vote. So the reason why Le Pen passed is partly because of all the people who didn't vote. So um, there were hundreds of thousands of people in the street saying, you've got to vote, you've got to do your Republican duty, and, and you've got to stop fascism from gaining power and so we start seeing a power and a pattern sorry of um a very much of a strategic vote so suddenly the question was do you vote for the corrupt racist guy or do you vote for the fascist 
Weird. We still yeah. have that I question can't, today. I can't imagine what it must feel like. I mean, really, it was a slap in the face to just see that evil monster, because you also create your monsters, I think, suddenly gain so much clout. Um, so that happens five years later, 2007, Nicolas Sarkozy. Yeah, go on, go on. So this, this might be a difficult question to, to answer, but based on that kind of analogous political situation to the U.S., mm-hmm. um, I'm going to compare everything to the U.S. here, uh, which, by the way, 28% or something like that, not voting, that's adorable. Yeah. No, I know, I know. <laughs> it's so fucking shameful in France. We were appalled. But but the 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 question is, um, who would you say is the um, the corn pop of French politics? I don't know what corn pop is. Uh, corn oh, pop man. is the imaginary black guy that Joe Biden claims to have fought. For, yeah, for, because his friends had rusty razors that they kept in yeah. rain barrels. <laughs> he had to kick him out of the pool. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say he had, he had to fight him for uh for uh, <laughs> I guess control of the pool area. <laughs> I can't. Holy we shit! We have we have a, a doddering old fool for a president. Uh, <laughs> I cannot believe that I've never seen a Joe Biden corn pop 4chan pools closed meme in my life. That'd be pretty That's funny. incredible. Yeah, Got to make it happen. That Anyways, Jay, sucks. back to you. Okay, but yeah, who's the corn pop? I still don't understand what corn pop is. <laughs> so, so corn pop is an invented black boy that, yeah. uh, that Joe Biden decided existed uh, yeah. so he could tell a story about how, like, tough he is, I guess. Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah. Well, we I, have on the This right, fake question has uh, become a real question. No, 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 I'm with you. We have on the right, actually, in 2007, which what I was going to, Sarkozy, um, names a member of cabinet, maybe a minister, but I don't think, called Nadine Morano, an absolute idiot, really seen such a stupid woman. Um, and she would insist that she wasn't racist and it was appalling to be called a racist because she had um, um, Arabic friends. Actually, her best friend is uh, from, I don't remember where, uh, Randa. Uh, so she's blacker than an Arab. That so rules. she can't be a racist. Fuck yeah. That's, yeah, that's almost like, it's like a racial yeah. Joe the Plumber moment. Does yeah. anyone remember Joe the Plumber? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Didn't My black work. friend said it was okay. You Did know? I, <laughs> I think I figured it out, though. The corn okay. pop. Okay. The French corn pop is Algeria. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just the whole country of Algeria. <laughs> I, I was going to say the corn pop is uh, uh, the senior Le Pen's uh, bad eye because we don't know which one it is. <laughs> and it may have never existed. <laughs> we, we got almost an hour in before it just became incomprehensible. Yeah. Uh, Jake, please continue with, with the history. Um, <laughs> thank you, my dear. 2007. So, oh yeah, briefly, uh, French politics, not only are um, all of this a fucking class and a cast of their own 
produced by we've got an, an elite production program it's amazing and uh, we have our own schools where all of your favorite um writers went to um and um we just pop them out and turn them out so they've been just they've been there forever and then they all stab each other in the back so Sarkozy was um he just really had and I don't like saying this short man complex and wanted to be prime minister under Chirac Jacques Chirac and Jacques Chirac was like fuck me fuck you and your tiny dick I'll put someone else and then he renamed the party and ran Sarkozy did against Ségolène Royal and he won five years later Ségolène Royal's ex-husband runs as the Parti Socialiste and wins against Sarkozy. It's always the same two fucking wankers. Uh, and <laughs> for the first time um, in, in a very long time, uh, the left is back in power. And he, he does shit. He has no spine. Everybody accuses him of being mou, which means soft. But mou is never um, a compliment in French. So I like to yeah, like it to the word. It's, yeah. uh, he's flaccid. Yeah. He's flabby. He's, he's limp. Um, he ends up naming Macron as his first prime minister. Macron is part of this elite production machine and worked as a banker for the Rothschilds. Mm, now this is supposed to be now a left-wing government, right? I can't believe no, it. It's, oh, can't well, believe it. quickly about anti-Semitism in France. It's mm. quite anti-Semitic. Uh, at the end of um, the Algeria war, a lot of um, Algerian native but that were French, not Algerian, no, French Algerian, moved to France. And a lot of that immigration was relatively middle to upper middle class. And a lot of them were Jewish. We bear that in mind for what happens 10 years after this event, because it's going to become interesting. Holland gets elected. He ends up having to name Macron his first minister prime minister, and then Holland wants to run again for the Socialist Party. The party doesn't name him, but Macron wants to run as well. And people tell him to fuck off, so he goes ahead and creates his own party. And because he has no sense of ego whatsoever, I promise he's such a cool guy, the initials of the party match his initials. This cool. is so fucking cringe. So um, <laughs> 2017, he runs. By doing this, he completely exploded whatever was left of the left. Because suddenly the Socialist Party, uh, they did 6.36% in 2017. Something that I forgot to say earlier when I was talking about fine, how to finance the campaign. You get a lot of your money back paid by the state if you pull at least 5% in the election. If you're below 5%, you're kind of fucked. And it's all in order to avoid to have hundreds of thousands of people running because it would be possible 
Um, so in 2017, the Socialist Party is almost completely underwater. Macron presents himself as centre-left. The, the and, sensible neoliberal in the room, uh, if you will. Yeah, exactly. I will let everybody suck my dick. Um, kind of. Oh, this is weird. I'm sorry. Um, by doing that, not only does he gather votes from that would usually have been allocated to the left, he also seduces the right that is slowly losing pace. 2017, we have Marine Le Pen, the daughter of one-eyed Jean-Marie Le Pen, running so when I tell you it's a cast it is running for um, round two against Macron the the big thing that has to be understood is for Marine Le Pen besides that she is absolutely desperate to obtain her dad's approval (laughs) is also that unlike him she actually wants to get the power so she will work like a madman to to get that uh, from that point one word. Macron listens to a lot of like Beyonce or Lizzo. Come again? Ignore it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last joke. Oh, I see. Girl, I don't think she would appreciate being being compared to Beyonce, you know? No, I think Lizzo might be even more of a problem for her. I don't know who Lizzo is. <laughs> She's, uh, I don't know. Who I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to explain who Lizzo is. They're talking of lesbians. Um... <laughs> Lizzo. Lizzo. Um, she manages already in 2017 to really soften. She basically kicks her dad out of his own party and softens, tries to soften the image of the party. So runs herself with a bunch of white fascists mm. and gay so suddenly like socially and they look and they've been quite libertarian in their approach to i mean they're very much uh, against abortions and stuff like that but also they're all fuck out of wedlock they have kids everywhere they don't it doesn't really matter you know uh, and so i think by showing herself and surrounding himself with gay men she really much makes herself isn't she ugly sorry uh, she servants herself with um she attracts more people so in 2017 macron has managed to absolutely uh, explode the left and le pen they're both like stealing votes from what are the usually the bipartisans and we get to today uh, this year, we had 13 candidates in the first round. Two of them were Trotskyists. The, the discourse on the left is so deaf, they're so unable to communicate with each other, that we had two parties that were Trotskyists. But one of them is kind of a cult. And the other one is like, I do not want to be president, please vote for me. Um, and then we had Jean-Luc Mélenchon. He was running as he was trying to unite the left. He had been at the Socialist Party. He had been at one of the Communist parties. And he ended up creating his own party because really he was a pariah everywhere. He managed to make enemies everywhere he went. 
um, and then created his own media when he decided that he was not represented the way he deserved in uh, other medias. Jean-Luc Mélenchon, so really was the only hope of the left this election, um, had a very dubious stance on Ukraine, defending Putin because he's not aligned. He, he wants France to get out of NATO. Therefore, he understands Putin feeling bullied. But he's also um, defended the Cuban government. He's also said more than dubious things about um, French Caribbeans and about uh, Muslims when he thought nobody was listening. Uh, and one day he got really angry when the police was preventing him from accessing his office because there was a search ongoing. He, he's got a bag of temper issue and he proclaimed himself to be the Republic. Oh, he cool. said, I am the Republic. Who do that's you think you are? That's literally Star Wars. I've not seen Star Wars. <laughs> I, I was, I, yeah, I was thinking literally I am what Senator Palpatine says from Star Wars. I am not surprised. Is Palpatine a lonely man? Uh, Palpatine is kind of like the um, uh, what's the Harry Potter bad guy Voldemort. Uh, he's the Voldemort. You can't say the name. Say the name. <laughs> so um, Mélenchon didn't manage to unite the left, mostly because he is a horrible character. <laughs> well, and I think so afterwards, you know. So we go on. Looking at the polling res results, he was only like one yeah. percent less than Le Pen was, or something like like one point five percent less, or something like that. I think four or six hundred thousand votes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but a third of the people who voted for him will vote for Le Pen on Sunday. Right. No. 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 I I get that for sure. But but it's interesting that even though he's such an unpopular person, he still managed to like almost be the runner up to Macron. <gasps> We thought there was hope that he would be. We yeah. also knew that whatever happened, he would not get elected. Whether so. it was against Macron or against Le Pen, they would pass over him. But now we're in now we're in real dangerous waters, I guess. <laughs> we are in more dangerous water, and arguably, I'll try to show how both have won already at this point. Both Le Pen and Macron, I think, For have sure. won. Um, but one will win more. Um just briefly on Mélenchon and, and Macron again. Macron uh, managed in 2017 to annihilate um, the Parti Socialiste. He's done now the same this election with the main right-wing party, which name I forget because they change every two years. But um, he's basically, he started under Holland pretending he was left-wing. Then he presented himself as a centrist. He, he's more right-wing than Charles de Gaulle, but he's much more liberal. Um, so I guess if we wait another five years, he might actually come out as a fascist. That's exciting. Natural progression. Um, so earlier I was talking about those 5% of votes you need to get in order to get your money back. The two main parties that you would see around 10 years ago didn't pull 5%. That means they're in debt. That means probably it's the end for a lot of the political landscape as we know it. And talking about funding your campaign, um, great point of contention with Marine Le Pen is that 
and she borrowed money from Russian banks in order to finance the campaign. That's fun too. That's wild. Um, People just don't pay their campaign debts in America. Yeah, what's wrong with you guys? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we just, just have a complex financialization loop, which actually I'm, I'm certain that the exact same thing's happening there. Yeah. Um, Are you again, sorry? No, just, just like a, a complex loop of like owning that debt and then like buying your own debt or, you know, just... But that, like that. that money has to be paid back by the French government, therefore the taxpayer. <clears throat> that's why it's so much regulated, but that's why also debts are quite, that's, I mean, that's why there's a lot of conversation about it because it's not a private debt. That's Eventually, that, that's money that you're going to have to claim back that I, well, not me, but uh, most people living in France, loads of them not French, will still pay by paying taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, for, I forgot where I was going with this, but this is basically where we are. So Mélenchon, um, oh yeah, so we've got that great thing as well, where at the end of round one, everybody who didn't get to round two is like, guys, you should vote for this dude, or you should vote for this right. dude. Mélenchon knows very well that people don't actually like him, and that a third to 40% of the people who voted for him would vote for Le Pen. He's got no interest in saying vote for Macron. So what he said is, guys, you shouldn't vote for Le Pen. I didn't <laughs> say you should vote for Macron. And one of the big debates when we talk for, about strategy is, should I vote or should I put a blank ballot through? Because then what happens is he gets elected with a very small difference and then his power is in question. We had the debate night before last, uh, which was a repeat of five years before because it was the two same candidate. Um, In 2017, Le Pen was awful. She was really bad. She was childish. She was rude. She was slapping around looking for her numbers. She had no idea what she was doing. And then electorally, she got fucking like landslided too, right? She did, yeah, partly because she was bad. And then she realized, so she changed the name of the party. She changed her image. She started posing with her cats. <laughs> it's, you know. And she, she started posing with her cats and she started uh, referring to her party as the ye old cock and ball party. Uh, yeah. well, it's, so it's quite interesting because she is the least woman of the women that run because she is the fascist. Go on. The gall and ball party. Ooh. Well done. The cock and gall? <laughs> they're both. The, the, do you know they're the same word? Gall and... And cock. Like a, a yeah. When, yeah. when Marine Le Pen takes over and starts torturing people, it'll be cock and gall torture, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so she did that thing during the debate where cause she has a problem with women because, you know... She doesn't think they should have bought um, saying, oh, I'm a woman. I've always cared about women. And then the only way she found to defend women is to say she was against the oppression that men put on women when they make them wear the hijab. Oh, that rules. That fucking rules. That's very good. And then Macron was like, no, actually, I'm a racist, but in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like yeah. I, I got and i Cause, was cause like Ma- high is the on... one that like banned the wearing of the hijab isn't he uh, i think it's so cozy oh okay and then it came back it's the kneecap so it's the, the full-on with you know just the um, the, right. s- the slit for your eyes all of these measures, it's quite interesting because I live in a country where people do it and nobody gives a shit. And so nobody gives a shit. <laughs> so you wear whatever the fuck you want. It's not a point of debate. The reason why it started being a problem in France, it's because French institutions are secular. So if you work, if you work, while you work for the French government, you can't wear any religious sign, including headwear it's never been a problem when christian wore a little cross so would you say the niqab like, is like an anti-work movement i'm shit posting anyway um uh, there was something i wanted to say but i forgot what it was I'm so oh yeah, sorry. I need to talk about Zim. no it's okay i need to talk about zimor briefly because um the right is also relatively imploded. I mean, we had 13 parties running, and I forgot his first name. He doesn't really deserve one. Zimmel ran, ran actually right of Marine Le Pen. Like, I mean, he's against, he's worse than Peterson as well. He's uh, against, he thinks that the reason why the economy is so bad is because women started going to work. That's what it is. <laughs> he thinks that I mean, and Mary Le Pen thinks that too, but she's not as out about it. He thinks that there is a Islamist agenda to replace European population with Muslim population, and he never says and, Muslim. And he it's, always it's says part of their conspiracy to make women go to work and not wear niqabs. I mean, yeah. it's, and so the interesting thing about oh, look at that! Sorry, in the pictures, look at that ugly woman. That's Brigitte Bardot. She's a fascist. That's what happens to you when you have bad politics. You, <laughs> you age just badly. become ugly. <laughs> yeah. You turn into Ursula from The Little Mermaid. I was going to say, uh, all, all these pictures of Marine Le Pen with her cats reminds me that Hitler had a dog that he was very fond of. Yeah. But did Hitler have two sloths? I, I don't know. Two what? Two sloths. There's a picture up that where where she's uh she's got two sloths. Oh, you should Google. I'm sorry, but you should Google protein and koalas. Uh, if, <laughs> uh, how do I spell any of that? <laughs> Putin. Oh, Putin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, and then, I, thought, I thought you said something else. Yeah, it's the way I speak. And then koala. <laughs> do you know that? Yeah, there you go. Oh shit. Poon KOA campground. There you go. Oh, that's very funny. Rules. Great. Yeah, I mean, since we're shit busting, (laughs) there was a story about Putin. Uh, Angela Merkel (laughs) is terrified of dogs because she got um, badly attacked as as a very young girl. And so part of the protocol when you meet with her is that you don't bring your presidential dog around because she's terrified of them. And John, if you look up Merkel, Putin, dog, uh, Merkel and Putin met up and uh, Putin brought his dogs in and you can tell she's shitting herself. She's absolutely terrified of those things. And he was like, oh yeah, here are my dogs. (laughs) He was asked not to do it. I think Putin, you know, I think he's one of the baddies. Yeah. (laughs) 
he is kind of a bad guy i've heard <clears throat> so um yeah go on no i this this is such like a silly uh, uh thing but I didn't know that Brigitte Bardot uh, became a weird Le Pen person. Uh, and that's such an interesting um, transition because she was so fucking gorgeous and then became a fascist and became really ugly. Yeah, that's weird. That's um, you're almost correct. Okay. She didn't become a fascist. She already was a fascist. She was just too pretty for people to give a shit and quite silly. So it didn't matter. They didn't yeah, the only thing I knew about thought. her, politically speaking, was that she was like an animal rights person and like a pretty <laughs> actress. That's all I really was yeah, I think of. she gave Fascists more credit to animals thing, right? than some yeah. people of color. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so you were talking um, about Zemmour. Let's let's get back yeah, on the topic. Zimur. Because... Uh, well, Zemmour's background, Zemmour was born in Algeria in a... No. <laughs> Zemmour was born in Algeria from a Jewish family and then after the war immigrated to France. So he broke with him and he absolutely integrated that stigma that France had against Algerian migrants, against Jewish people and against... I think at the time he was not perceived as a white person. And he managed to have those incredibly horrid politics. He's attracted. One of the reasons why Marine Le Pen didn't pull more is because a lot of the votes that would have gone for her went for Zemmour. And Zemmour lost some of his votes because he defended Putin with the Ukraine. And I think we have to... Bear in mind that this can, one of the reasons, for example, also what Macron, he did a non-campaign. He didn't really give a shit. Uh, he was uh, the head of the European Parliament. God, I don't really know. Uh, when the war broke in Ukraine, so Zelensky asked him to be the go-between between him and Putin to enable the conversation. He did nothing, and now in Ukraine, they use Macron to Macron something as a way to say, to try to do something and yield no result, which is quite funny. But in France, he came across as the hero that tried to fix stuff, and he started yeah. not shaving and wearing a hoodie. Uh, Punished Macron. Yeah, exactly, uh, which I'm sure we'll find some fan fictions about that in two weeks. Uh... But... Uh, yeah, you on. said that Macron didn't really put any effort into his uh, uh, candidacy. Uh, I've yeah. got a Minecraft server that tells me differently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he hired at least one autistic kid to make, make a Minecraft server for him. <laughs> one autistic Zoomer. I'm just Macron, Macron fan club is very much NFT bros. They would have done that for free. Yeah, I mean, the... The transparency of a of a banker who starts a, uh, a fucking Minecraft server is very funny. Yeah. I, I frankly, though, I'm a little disappointed about the fact that he didn't choose Roblox um, because that's where the real child slavery happens. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the second life server? Where's the the penguin hotel server? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I need a uh, wow so guild is... before I put my stamp of approval on this party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him playing League of Legends? He probably plays League of Legends. No, it would make sense that he does for some reason. 
he looks like someone that's like hunched over his we, we lost Jay, who's like what what are these virgin nerds talking Ooh. about yeah sorry i have sex so i don't know what you're talking about oh. what nice i've had sex on what a lag of logins is i've had a sex before yeah. um so this is where we were at really with um jean-luc mélenchon um disengaged from the second round he's actually calling people to make him prime minister through the legislative elections he's already started asking for that and people are like go fuck yourself um le pen is quite unlikely to win i think she's quite accepted that already but the fact that she did so much better at the debates than she did five years ago the fact that she got so far the fact that people have managed to forget the history of her party and her family. Um, and Macron will probably get re-elected. He has a terrible programme. He had to be bullied into saying stuff about ecology because he just wants people to work harder for longer, for less money, and to uh, develop more nukes and nuclear plants. So, I mean, they only cool have two hundred ninety. Yeah, which yeah, is enough we should run it up to three hundred. Um, there, there was something interesting that you mentioned, and, and it just came back mm. to me now, which is you, you know, you're saying Le Pen has probably given up on like actually winning, which is I think fair. Um, but you, you said that they both kind of in a way won, and and to to reflect this back onto, you know, American politics, um. What what's happened a lot with with Biden, uh, who started out with this like sort of like oh I'm gonna be a progressive guy, uh, Jack sort of thing, and he made a bunch of promises that that he obviously had no intentions of really keeping, uh, but now he gets to argue that since it was kind of a tight race between him and Trump, and I think it's gonna be kind of a tight late tight race between uh, Macron and Le Pen in some ways. Or at least it's legitimized Le Pen's politics in some way, and it's legitimized Trump's politics in some way, uh, that these things were as close as they are. Um, now, someone like Macron and someone like Biden gets to say, oh, well, you know, this is kind of what the people want. I have to, you know, thread the needle between these progressive things I said. And then I also have to understand that, you know, there's this right wing that that's kind of also guiding my hand in what I do. And I think that's that's what, you know, best case scenario, you get Macron and you get the same thing that's happening with Biden, which is he's not going to do any of the nice things he said he would do. And he's always going to lean back on, look, Le Pen almost won. So I've got to do, you know, the kind of thing that people, I guess, want me to do. Um, Absolutely, I think. And so... um a lot of the reason why people who voted left are considering voting low pen is first because they fed up. Because they're Bernie bros. Accelerationists. They feel very, bit, well, I think not consciously, but it is a, an, an accelerationist. A lot of the arguments I've heard are things like, she won't be able to actually manage the country, so you might as well put her there and then fuck her over in the legislatures. It's, I think... And, I think it's a bit of a death wish as well. Um, and, you know, she knows what she's doing. She campaigned for the people. She campaigned for people to get more money. 
for people to work hard to, to, to get what they deserve, to not struggle. Like, and Macron is so profoundly disconnected from the people, which is always one of the argument that goes against him. It's how arrogant he is. And Le Pen has managed to do that. And I mean, it rings a bit like 1933. Um, well, maybe, maybe there are too many foreigners in the country. Maybe there is an enemy. And maybe if we just focus first on France, well, maybe we'll be able to, you know, the times are hard. And I think she's wrong. But I can empathize with feeling squeezed like that so much. Energy, the cost of energy in France has risen. And suddenly you spend your life working, and I think you all know this, working in order to pay bills. And you earn more than minimum wage and you struggle mid-month. Oh. And another thing I wanted to mention that I completely forgot, talking about Jean-Luc Mélenchon, his program is to abolish the Fifth Republic and start the Sixth One because he acknowledges that the system as it is doesn't work. The problem with him is that he is the idea, the guy behind the idea. So he's the guy who wants to abolish the one guy, but he wants to be the guy doing it. So th there is a conversation already in France <clears throat> evolving around restructuring power, but it's met with a lot of resistance at the same time. Because if I... we kill Daddy, he will gonna want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we we returned. Yeah. Um, All six. Again, something we're going over in the workshop ad nauseum recently, every time we talk about fascism, because I feel like we need to, is this tendency for fascist movements or things that approximate fascist movements to attain their power by deferring it or claiming to defer it. Uh, and and what, I mean, what I mean by that is that they're, they're statedly apolitical and they want to be placed in a, a, a locus of political power in order to not perform politics, uh, yeah. which again is something seductive. And like we all kind of, I, I think, have in our hearts this, this uh, kind of fiery uh, in, in, wish that we could uh, put someone into political power that will just cause all the shitty parts to melt away. Uh, but uh, when someone's saying, um, I'm not going to, if if I get to be your dad, I'm not going to be your dad, you know? Be more like your friend, Cam. It's a bad fucking song. <laughs> Hey slugger, I don't I don't want to replace your dad, but <laughs> right. It's it's, well, it's it's even worse. Hey slugger, I don't want to replace your dad because I don't believe in the concept of fathers. I do believe in the concept of banging your mom though. Yeah. I believe in the concept of banging your mom and probably like I don't know, locking you in the broom closet. <laughs> now that's that's Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Never read it. I, I mentioned this before. I forget if it was on the podcast or not, but uh, it was a weird realization that I had about myself, which is that I, I read the first three Harry Potter books, like three and a half. And then I realized uh, that I didn't want to read any more of them because it became evident that Harry Potter would never go back to his abusive aunt and uncle 
which was the the funny part of the book to me. <laughs> <laughs> like I just really liked Harry Potter. Oh, we're never getting back to the humor, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, why is this kid living on their stairs anymore? This is bullshit. I don't give a fuck about these fucking wizards. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see a 12-year-old thrown into the wall? Yeah. For I'm real. sure you could find some videos of it on the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Put no. on some child abuse videos, John. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come up. There's plenty of videos. Yeah. Let's of... not do that. Actually. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tell me. Like I mean, of French politics. <laughs> is they're there, quite similar. Is there anything else that that's really burning in your heart to say? Um, I know it's very late for you, and I'm trying to be. Uh, it's conscious. actually quite early now, you guys. Okay, it's well, 5 a.m. I've had so yes. much coffee. I'm actually widely awake, oh, and damn. so I'm, I'm happy to stick around. Um, okay. But is there Figure anything off. else I want okay. to say? Yeah, before um, we move on to the real shit posting. Yeah. Macron's probably gay. I hope and so. I mean it. And yeah. Brigitte is a beard. That's a theory that's running around a lot. Yes, there's something I want to say. A bit. Um, we talked <laughs> in the workshop and between us and you have on the podcast as well about how um, liberalism is a sliding slope towards fascism and about horseshoe theory. I think the behavior of Mélenchon throughout the past 10 years, and especially in this campaign, proves that you can be a left-wing fascist. And I think also Le Pen trying to seduce the left and with a lot of her policies is demonstrating that. And the reason why Marine Le Pen has so much power at the moment and so much credibility is because... uh, of Macron himself because he made her to be you know you build I think well, you, you build your monsters and it's like oh she's the one that we have to avoid and people are like we don't like you I, I, therefore I mean, we like your enemy again the, the mirror of American or sorry United States and France politics um, Obama is exactly why someone like Trump got elected because he poised himself as this progressive he was going to be the cool young president that got things done to help people didn't actually do any of that shit only reinforced like the the banking structure of america and and further you know drove the poor into being poorer and the middle class into being poorer and then the people became weird ideologues and and that's exactly how trump came into being so yeah Obama created Trump and Macron created Le Pen. These these are happening just like four years apart from each other, really. Arguably, Putin created Trump, but also didn't Trump, did he do this bad? I mean, for uh, people outside of it, we're like, if you're French and you have to vote right now and you think, what would we have? Trump? We'd have a female French Trump with better hair? (laughs) Low bar. Arguably, uh, yeah. Low bar, I know, and yeah. Do you know what I mean? Though it's like, no, is I get it? it. It's the, he also created that appeal and that that possibility. Certainly. Speaking of Trumpian, Brigitte, yes. Brigitte Macron goes mm-hmm. to the same fucking uh, tan salon as Donald Trump does, apparently. 
<laughs> the same yeah. spray tanning yeah. salon. <laughs> yeah. They they get the they get the same uh, color foundation. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually wild because uh, for for the listener, uh, John always has this beautiful kind of orange red light uh, kind of pouring over is just just delicious. But, but you delicious can tell that's not his natural tone. It's, uh, it's a lighting tone, right? Well, that's 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 what's happening here, though, is that he's only slightly oranger than she is. Mm-hmm. It's fucking wild. Yeah. 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 She's in like broad daylight, like. Yeah, it, she, she, she's she not using what do you call that lighting that you're using? It's not bisexual lighting, obviously. It used to be colors, bisexual lighting, yeah. Now it's just the fires of hell, yeah. That's <laughs> what happens hell. to bisexuals hell. when they die. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I think, guys, for being a bit unfair with Bridget Macron, I think she looks amazing. She's a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> it looks pretty good for, for having oh. died 10 years ago <laughs> have you seen more attractive child molester <laughs> it's, it's a real french what, thing what is, i don't know if you age... heard of Ghislaine maxwell <laughs> what, what is the age gap between them and and i'm not shaming people who are have age gap relationships but it's very weird when the person you're married to used to be your teacher I think there's okay, some, so some predation the, the happening it, there. The only thing I don't like Macron for, or don't dislike Macron for. Sorry, go on, go on. No, is yeah. that he fucked his teacher. I don't know, I think it rules. No, no, I'm fine with that. that because like, you, you're a teacher and nobody teacher. fucked you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's over, tw- I think it's about 25 year age gap. Oh, wow, that is significant. Yeah. I think I've done that. I, I, I had to look up how tall Macron is because I, that's how I uh, determine if I'm going to respect someone. And hey, fuck uh, you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Short king um, in the house. Sorry. No, anyone under five feet, I respect. Out of you know, it's just a thing. Um, but <laughs> right. but I, I found out that he's five eight, which is uh, a beautiful height. It's actually a height that I like to refer to as girlfriend height. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> um, cool. Good. It's not even my preference. You know, just, uh, yeah, just. But yeah, that uh, out there. ladies, he's single. Nobody's listening to this. That's female. Yeah, no. uh, but, There's only one of them, but I'm yeah. talking yeah, today instead so of listening. Uh, but I, I, I'm it's, sorry. It's, so it's you. Twenty-four you years Mama. age gap. Was that? Twenty-four years age oh, gap. They met when he was seventeen. See, that's yeah. that's okay, not cool. cool. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. It's legal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, French so philosophers. <laughs> Thanks, Deary uh, Graham. No, I mean this is this is um, a a rule of thumb that comes from you know it's it comes from the depths of the internet, but uh, but I, it is a reliable mathematical formula to determine if the age gap is creepy or not. Uh, and I've I've done I've crunched these numbers a lot, and it actually does work. But it's your age uh, as the elder person uh, divided by two plus seven. And that works very reliably, uh, I find. Yeah. Like you can that find means like you're not allowed to date if you're younger than 14, which is good. I'm fine with that. What's that? <laughs> that means if you're younger than 13, you can't date because it makes it lower than seven. It- it works. It works. Listen, I yeah. fortune. <laughs> yeah. The, 
anyway, wait. Uh, but, but you guys mentioned Obama, and I've, I've been trying so hard not to not to fucking fall hurt laughing at this thought that popped in my head way before you guys mentioned Obama, and I don't know why this popped in my head, but I've been trying so hard not to laugh at it, and I feel like I need to just express it to get it out of my mind so I, I can stop staring at myself in the camera trying not to laugh. Okay? All right? Now, I've built it up. Now, it's not going to be funny. Yep. Okay? I'm, uh, yeah, I already spaced it's, out. It's... <laughs> It's Barack Obama as a gender reassignment surgeon. And he tells you, if you like your dick, you could keep it. Oh. <laughs> it's the Obamacare so thing. But, see, yeah. see it, 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 oh, God damn it. Maybe but, but he would see, say you can keep it, for, at it anymore. four more years. He said you can have it for four more years. Yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, honestly, Obama's saying that about anything is fun today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, speaking yeah, of dicks, no, John, let's go to our, yes, this. Uh, full screen it, please. Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. A lot of people have, have made some hay about this. I think that's this is actually an amazing image, by the way. Yeah. No, this is hilarious. This is better than the light on the dick one. Uh, Tucker Carlson uh, does documentaries, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and 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 this one uh, it's 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 season two. It's the trailer of season two, the end of men. Uh, yeah. and, and what he's lamenting is that you know we just don't have strong men anymore. What happened to the strong men? Um, and and this is the the trailer for it. Let's try to go the entire trailer without without interrupting. And then we'll talk afterwards. I think you need to see it in its entirety to really to really grasp what's happening here. John, please go ahead. I welcome this opportunity to speak to the people of America about a subject which I believe to be most important, and that is the subject of physical fitness. country uh, is as strong really as its citizens and I think that mental and physical health go hand in hand. There is nothing uh, I think uh, more unfortunate than to have uh, soft chubby fat looking children. I hope that all of you will join and everybody in the United States to make sure that our children participate fully in a vigorous and adventurous life which is possible for them in this very rich country of ours. There's been a 50% decline in sperm counts in uh, the last 40 years, along with a precipitous decline in testosterone production. We're headed for a calamity, and that's not hyperbole, it's not exaggeration, it's just a mathematical fact. Would you recommend uh, young men to can their balls? To what? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Once a society collapses then, you're in hard times. Well, hard iron sharpens iron, as they say, and those hard times inevitably produce men who are tough, men who are resourceful, men who are strong enough to survive. And then they 
they go on to re-establish order, and so the cycle begins again. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I have an erection. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've never been... Uh, Jay, as the I, only I, woman in the room... Um, I would like to have testicles so I can send them. Oh, no, I was going to ask you to yeah. step out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no. You, you, you might notice that the, the blinds don't go all the way down behind me. Yeah. And that's, that's so I can hang them, you know, and <laughs> just, walk just out hang them out the um, So, to, to the listener, uh, there, there were scenes of something called uh, testicle tanning. Mm-hmm. Um which is very weird and kind of homoerotic for a very straight guy like Tucker Carlson to well, put into there's his... all that 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 wrestling and like naked the wrestling the, the uh, naked buttocks of men um there is somehow gayer shit in there than the testicle tanning mm-hmm. and the wrestling. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i don't know what to say about that uh honestly um I, yeah it's it's cool I mean, I, I think it rolls, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I genuinely will. Yeah, I, I, I probably will too. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to keep my, uh, you know, I'm going to keep the tissues nearby. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right? Although, uh, I don't I understand. Do you want to explain why? I don't understand. Because it's sad that men have ended. You know, there aren't any men anymore. And we don't have if, men anymore. If, yeah. You gotta be so cool I guys. thought it was a jerking off joke. Oh no, that would have been true if if I was still a man. Do, do you guys know the Liver King? Oh yeah, yeah no, we uh, <laughs> we religiously follow Liver King. We do so, actually. It's weird. I follow another one, but I'm not oh. gonna say the name because I don't want to give him clout. And I feel dirty just watching his stories. It's, it's the same shit, and it's just... We were talking about Zimur earlier and his relationship to women. It's quite similar. You're here to breed and to make me food, but I'll eat raw beef. Right. I, I just... I don't... I don't understand men. I... It's, it's so... It's so funny because I... Um, I... I really like the the sense of of like ooh I'm I'm being healthy and I feel vigorous and, and things like that when I when I do something like eat a big old salad and have some liver or something I, I like I get that in a certain way but I love the idea of going so off the deep end with it that it becomes not just your personality but a personality that is like explosive you're like a grenade of 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 like <laughs> of of liver vigor which are words I feel allowed to say. Um but uh yeah just amazing amazing it's so good it's that rules. I find it fascinating because so they don't eat salad. They yeah that's the guy, I, yeah 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 so like, and they argue that you know uh, like science is lying to you only eating eggs, cow's milk, and uh, liver is good for you. And it's kind of that weird eating disorder meets unresolved 
masculinity. Yeah. And yeah. to be like, no, 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 I'm right. Like, and, and that's a, a very toxic trait that you see in men sometimes, so like needing to just, and I'm sure women as well, and people who are neither, needing to justify um, that they're right at all costs. Mm-hmm. And they have the absolute clowns, which is quite funny, but also... I don't know when your personality is tanning your balls. <laughs> maybe you don't have a personality. Yeah, no, that's, that can't that's be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's uh, actually a good segue into our next topic. Uh, um, I did this. Oh hell yeah, dude! I promised to watch every single episode of Walker that was out. The, the Walker Texas Ranger reboot. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I I have a review for it. <clears throat> oh, cool. First off, John, if you could focus on that, that image that the uh, Wikipedia has, that's the splash screen that comes up every time they like transition to commercials. It's which is also the part of the DVD cover of a porno. Right. Yeah. Um, Men are fucking weird. Straight men are the gayest people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I have... <laughs> I, I have written up a, a review that has eight points in it, and one of the points has oh, three yeah. sub-points. <laughs> oh, no. That's ten points. Yeah. So, um, the show only knows how to tell one story over and over again, and it keeps telling the story over and over again. Yeah, it's the Peter Stonian monomath. Uh, sort of, kind of. But what's what's really amazing about it is um, h- halfway through, or sorry, not halfway through, at the end of the first season and like the, the like couple of episodes in the second season, it makes a character leave the show so that they can introduce a new character that has the same exact story arc because I don't know they just didn't have like an, enough room for all these main characters to have the same story arc. <laughs> let's let's not be judgmental about this because I really really like Law and Order. So no 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 this is worse. Um, the story arc is I'm a damaged person who lost someone and now I'm like edgy. Oh, all of my relationships. No, worse. Worse. What? Promise it's worse. I've seen your relationships. Um <clears throat> the acting is is dogged, of course. <laughs> yeah, the acting in my relationship is pretty bad. Yeah, the, the oh. acting in your relationships oh, is is, is dog shit. Um but uh Jared Padalecki, who who is the main character, who is Walker, he only has one acting mode, which is having sad eyes, looking intense, and then between lines he does this. <laughs> as, as if he's struggling, and, and for the listener, I just moved my lips weirdly. It's um, like swishing lister. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's what he looks like when, we, when he's, like, giving lines. He'll say something, and then there's supposed to be, like, a dramatic pause, and he'll be like... <laughs> as if he's, like, struggling to keep something in because he doesn't want to say it. Um, it's, uh, is, it, is, it, is it actually a lip thing or is it like the muscles on the jaw? It's a little bit of the jaw, but it, it, yeah. it is actually a lot of lip too. I, uh, so what one of my um, 
I, I have this really weird, intense memory of when, um, when Gore ended up finally uh, submitting uh, that he had lost the presidential race that he won. Yeah. Um, and when he gave that speech, uh, the camera stayed on him for like way too long afterwards. And you could see him tensing and relaxing those jaw muscles. And it was the most uncomfortable, weird moment. And it stuck with me since then. Uh, and, you know, I was like in, uh, I don't know, uh, early middle school or something when that happened. Right. So, yeah, there's something about that. But the Listerine swishing, weird. Yeah, no, he, weird. he does more of a Listerine <laughs> swish than a jaw clench sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm trying to do it. It's so unnatural. I'm pretty certain that a lot of this is just an advertising scheme. Um, because the ad advertisement placements are not even like obvious. They're explicit. Um, TX Whiskey has to be funding this in some way because they're always like, oh, let's drink some TX Whiskey. Like, not even like, oh, let's, let's have a shot together. And then they pull out a bottle of TX Whiskey. They will explicitly say, oh, let's get some TX Whiskey. And then they'll put TX Whiskey like in full view in front of the camera. Um, the other thing that they do, which is like just no nobody, I don't I don't know anybody that actually does this shit. I I understand that the Google Voice Assistant is a real thing and people can use it. I don't know a single fucking person that actually does. I know people who sometimes will accidentally say something that sounds like "Hey Google," and then they'll get annoyed because their phone starts Michael, doing shit. Michael, Michael, you. You have not experienced how unbearable people can be. No, no, no. I have, I think, but you're, you're right about that. But we're talking about regular country folk that will turn, oh, yes. to, turn to a screen and be like, hey, Google, set a reminder for me to do something at 7 p.m., you know, sort of shit. That's not natural. Am I going to kill that outlaw extra <laughs> Right, <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it's the most awkward way to introduce technology. It's like yeah. a very unresolved issue to to introduce the the smartphone into into fiction. Right. And that's not the way to do it. No, it's yeah. Really not. We already had Night Rider guys. Like we don't need to do this. I, I mean, there, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many like science fiction things out there with like AI where you say, hey, computer, blah, blah, blah. But when you're like talking about, hey, corporation uh, that everybody knows, please tell me when to do something. It's it's weird and off-putting. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Cortana. Well, yeah. I've actually been watching the Halo series too. I'll give a review on that later. Is that a Halo thing? Yeah. Uh, Cortana comes from, from Halo. Yeah. And no, isn't Cortana the Windows version of all this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh my where, god, are they the same it, thing? Do they come from one another? Is yeah. this hyperstition? The 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 Windows Cortana no. comes from the Halo Cortana. No, my yes. god, they're owned by Microsoft both of them. This is oh I hate it. Yeah. I hate that so much. Feel good about that. Um number four, <laughs> the show tries so hard to be wholesome, but it ends up being like inhaling secondhand nostalgia. Um, where where like imagine you're the only person at a party that isn't drunk or high right and so you've got a bunch of like drunk and high people around you and they're all like 
hey, I'm drunk and high and like we're relating to each other and you're just kind of like looking at them like I can't relate to this at all, you know? <laughs> um and and so you you've got all these moments where where it's it's like really generic nostalgia where the daughter character is always like remember when we were kids and we used to blah 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 and it's like something that's a little bit quirky but you can like kind of Im imagine it into your own like childhood sort of shit and, and then they like embark on this uh this like rediscovery of their nostalgia together but you you can't feel anything for it because it's not your nostalgia um so it does that all the time and then the worst thing that i think it does is the woke story arcs Oh, which, yeah. which it which it starts and then immediately abandons all right so so this is the it needs to yeah th this is yeah. the the point that has three sub points in in, in it <laughs> um so early on stella who was the daughter character uh uh they uh her and a friend uh get in trouble for underage drinking uh sort of shit um, Stella, you shouldn't be drinking Stella Artois unless you're an adult with fine taste. I, I don't think I don't think they got the uh, I don't think they got the uh, the advertisement for for Stella Artois. Um, but um, or Artois. Sorry, I said Artois. 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 It's, it's from Belgium. We don't we don't mind the. Yeah, it's it's, it's shit a bad beer. anyways. Why do people drink that stuff? Um, Piss is good. What's that? Piss is good. Yeah. In Europe, people like to drink piss. I think that's oh, that is what you're saying. I was going to make yeah. fun of you by pretending that you said piss, but well, you did say piss. Mike no, argues that I have a piss kink, so yeah. if, <laughs> every conversation I try to talk about piss to prove him right. <laughs> got, got to bring the piss kink in somewhere. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Back to the subject. Stella uh, has a, a friend. You said we stopped talking about piss. <laughs> uh, a friend who, uh, who, who was born in America, but her parents are undocumented. So, so her friend's technically a citizen, but her parents are undocumented. Her and her friend get in trouble for underage drinking. So that puts her uh, undocumented parents' uh, like uh, ability to live in America at risk. There's maybe like... 10 minutes across uh i would say five episodes devoted to like don't worry we're gonna we're gonna work something out to to keep your parents in this country right that ends up falling through her parents get deported at oh. the end of at the end of season one uh where, where they're kind of doing they're like okay what are we gonna do between seasons sort of stuff we'll we'll just like allude to you know summer plans sort of thing um uh stella talks to her her uh her uh friend who has undocumented parents her name is isabel she's like isabel what are you doing and isabel's like oh i'm gonna visit my parents in mexico you never see isabel again second season yeah, happens got... isabel is gone forever yeah um, she got ganked by the cartels i guess so uh the second uh woke story arc walker's brother is a gay man you yeah. never once see him and he has a he has a partner for most of this they become a little bit estranged, but then they kind of like reconnect. You never once see them show any act of intimacy aside from touching hands or like giving a really strong embrace. There's there's not like a 
There's no blowjobs. There's no anal yeah. sex. I mean, there's like, no cum shots well, on the well, face so, or lower yeah, back. You, you might, you might belly. think that you might think that this um, is like a family show where there's where there's no like reference to sex or anything that like that. Men have missionary style sex too. They do. You know, they do. Like, this is it's a thing. It's, but and it's it's there's, okay. It's there's natural, plenty of plenty of scenes of of straight couples fact, showing like physical affection to each other and everything like that. But um, you know th- this woke story arc of uh, Walker's brother is gay. Never once sees any kind of physical, like emotional contact, any kind of physical sexual contact between these two gay men. It's just I'm gay and you're my gay lover, and all we do is lightly touch hands across the table every now and then. Um, well, you know, you know who this is made for, and also why you have the weird secondhand nostalgia. It's made for a very specific type of television watching audience, which is like white, lower middle class matriarchs uh, and like their husband that maybe walks into the room occasionally. And, and no, she honey, I'm not watching gay stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and she. She wants to feel like she's a little bit more advanced right, uh, and yeah. beyond, like where she is. My husband's she's very a little well bit of an oaf, but you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm exactly. a little bit more sensitive, right? Exactly. But if if you saw like two men kiss uh, or something, it'd be like this. On, this show is on, t- on TV. Yeah. I think I like it's how a, we've, it's... we've gone like uh, I don't know two years on this podcast without uh, without devolving into making fun of people for having like southern accents and then walker texas ranger fucks everything up for us i can't help it i think it's a good reading but i like the idea that it's simply the writers did you know what gay men do so just like (laughs) let them hold hands hands right that's that's what they do you You couldn't make them kiss that wouldn't work um, no son of mine's gonna buy a gay boy, a gay, a gay boy. So, so the other weird thing that happens all the time is that there's there's a lot of drama between characters, right? But that drama doesn't last for more than like five minutes, and we're talking like drama on the level of like you killed my pa sort of shit. Uh, <laughs> But but like the drama between these characters doesn't last for like more than five minutes of an episode, um, because for some reason or another they all hang out at the same bar, and mind you, this is set in Austin, Texas. And John, you're a native of Texas. Is there more than one bar in Austin, Texas? Yeah, it's like made out of bars. Right, exactly. <laughs> they all go to the That's same fucking bar. Up. They all go to the same fucking bar in Austin, Texas, and somehow it's completely unavoidable that they keep running into each other all the fucking time. It doesn't make any fucking sense when we're we're talking about the scale of literally you killed my pa sort of drama between <laughs> families, and they're still like, yeah, I'll see you at the, the sidestep. That's the bar that they go to. I'll see you at the sidestep at noon for drinks. Like, why? Why would you... You're, these are mortal enemy families sort of shit um you, you, you know 
You know what would have solved every problem on this show, all the ones that you've already said, and I think all the ones you're still about to? Right. And if people listen to the last episode, they'll, they might know where I'm going with this. If, uh, if Walker was played by Walton Goggins. <laughs> Got too many teeth to hate, really. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. His personality would somehow wash all this away, and I, I would actually become a big fan of the show. All right. Um, He's never been anything bad, I promise you. It's the amount of teeth. <laughs> Except for the amount of teeth. Some of no, it, he, he may have teeth. stolen. The amount of teeth is what keeps the, the bad away. Oh, okay. To protect bad shows and movies are afraid of extra teeth. Did you see the, the picture of him with the missing front teeth? No. <laughs> he got into an accident. Yeah, yeah, I know this. It's this a story, horrible but... one, and so he's missing his front teeth. <laughs> You're allowed to look up Walton Goggins' teeth missing. Um, while while I give my last two points, uh, my second and last point is everybody fucking knows each other somehow, and 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 you know I would understand if it was like localized to the Austin area where you're dealing with like a a a sphere of people who all belong to like the same like police group, right? But we're talking about like uh, an assistant DA comes from out of town and it turns out that uh, her husband is somehow related to the family, but nobody ever knew about it until it comes out like late in the second season sort of shit. And somehow, like, despite the fact that he was related to the family in this way, nobody realized it until like it's revealed later on. Um they can't bump into like a, a random passerby without being like, oh shit, you're the guy who, I don't know, once set my my horse's tail on fire or something like that. There, there's no like random encounter between characters or anything like that. It's It's all connected in some way and it's annoyingly connected in some way where it's like overemphasis on every character having some like deeply impactful role on everything. Um rather than just being somebody that you like accidentally nudge elbows with. And do, do, are, do these people actually like live in the city of Austin or do they like always depict them as going back home to a ranch? They always go back home to a ranch. Yeah. So they travel an hour away yes. to find a ranch to live. Right. But, but somehow they always like a- teleport between all these locations where Walker will be in like downtown Austin and then he'll get a call from the ranch like you need to get here quick and then he just like appears there like within minutes and I'm not talking like minutes and in, in like showtime because I get like cutting and editing and that sort of thing but like oh, minutes and like minute wow. minutes and like the storyline time where it's like they call him and he just like appears there you know somebody's got a gun pointed at his mother and his mother's like you need to get here quick and he he gets there before they pull the trigger on his mom sort of shit uh it doesn't make any sense yeah um, he, he, he just jumps on the toll road no he he's got a big chevy i think i don't know it's well, a, I bet he has a big chevy it, it's a big it's a big truck um I have a, a question about a trope in that show that I see in a lot of US shows like yeah, that. Jay, Jay actually watched part of this with me. Yeah, I don't like myself. Um, so the Walter, his wife's dead, and the kids don't have a mom. 
You said oh. Walter? And it's... His name is Walker. I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Walter, Texas Rangers. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody watched that show. Some guy named Walter. Um, he, and there's a... Um, there's quite a fair few American shows with those um, values, you know, like that try to go like good old um, values like that, where the mom is dead. So you have that as well in what a reference, Full House. Right. And because mm-hmm. we were talking earlier, not trying now to. Now the dad is dead too. Well, yeah, but we were talking to, <laughs> we were talking about electing your dad earlier and and now like there, there is that pattern in american shows and also in disney where the mother's missing and somehow by killing your mother finally you can be a family unit right right because she's such a bitch how that's right up? yeah i know right <laughs> oh she was holding us all together and we didn't appreciate it yeah yeah and well, and, 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 now, and now you don't need her that you realize that you needed her and she's dead well, there's there's yeah. there's a funny battalion reading of this, which is that yeah, thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, which is that by sacrificing the mother, she becomes imminent with the rest of the world, and thereby becomes more present uh, in her absence. You know, uh, um, so, this isn't yeah. something I, I meant to have as one of my points, but but it's only because I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dead wife shows the no, the dead wife shows up all the time in the show as oh, no. like this this angelic figure with this weird yeah. yellow glow around her they seen this it's a piss glow we called it the piss glow it's that it's like yellow yellow yeah, it's like yeah, a gold it's, it's yellow yellow um, it showers down around it's, her. it's hilarious I, I think the makeup department dipped heaven piss just, just look up uh, walker uh Walker piss kink wife, <laughs> and, and then uh, M- Emily is her name. Texas bull. Uh... <laughs> uh, so so, I mean these these aren't great Damn, representations is, of it. That is someone that likes piss though. Yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it's, I, I would on the show. Yeah. Um, She's but the last point I had. The last point I have before we move on to something better. Um, what could be better than this? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> that that's more like what it is, uh, right there. Yeah, just just it's always this like weird hazy thing around her. It's um, a cedar pollen. That's what that is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And what, what what I what I really love about that face there, like the rest of the images, it's a little bit more ambiguous, uh, but they they really capture a, a certain essence in that image, which oh. is it's the look of a, a white woman that's about to say something extremely racist. <laughs> uh, uh, important thing to note: uh, this is this is actually Jared Padalecki's real wife is the dead oh, wife so of the show. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. And, and and there's going to be an article out somewhere on BuzzFeed or something about how Jared Padahuski uh, is such a great guy because he refused to kiss anyone but his wife for the show. No, he's already kissed other girls. It's fine. Oh, yep. Well, he refused to fuck on camera anyone except for his wife. Awesome <laughs> <Pulsum> alert. <laughs> uh, so, so the last he point. Owns a bunch of women on the show. Last point I need to make. Mm-hmm. This show has 
and and uh i i don't necessarily believe in like morality per se but the show has no guiding set of morals where where it'll be like oh um you know walker is is a loose cannon right and he does yeah. questionable things sometimes, and it's it's noted several times in the show that he has several misconduct uh, write-ups against him, right? Uh, but then another character will do something bad, but that's like two out of line. But then Walker will do something that's two out of line as well. But it's like, ah, oh, Walker's the good guy because he did the two out of line thing for a good reason, whereas the bad guy did the two yeah. out of line thing for... It's also his own reasons, but it's uh, it, it, he's Walker is allowed to do it because he's the Uber match, right? No, that that's really kind of what it all boils down yeah. to. So, so basically, uh, uh, what 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 Walker seems to be saying is is the Rangers can be seen as cops, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. and so you have good bad cops, and then you have bad good cops. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and uh, the the bad good no, cops no, no, are no, no, no. <laughs> the bad good cops are 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 you know wicked horrible things that need to be taken down, and the good yeah. bad cops you know they might do some bad things that might color out of the lines that that line is used so many so many times in the show. They cut Walker, you color outside the lines, but goddamn it, so you always do funny. the right thing. Just speaking to him like he's a kindergartner. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally keep trying to put a square peg in a round hole um, and, but yeah uh, every, every time Walker does it there's a reason every time a, another cop does it it's it's not a reason um, oh and then my last point uh, I think I think I wrote this when I was a little bit drunk uh, this show sucks shit that's good, that's good. <laughs> Walker you, you can't keep calling it out of the lines you're like a square peg in a round hole. No, you don't understand, Chief. <laughs> Fuck you, Walker. No, she was trying to drink my juice box. <laughs> All right. You just can't take a man's animal crackers, bitch. <laughs> that being said, we, officer involved shooting. Wow. We we have uh, we have one more link to get to. Uh, we have three more links to get to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant one more link to get to before I like give up on this, bro. God damn it. Oh. Okay. Um, so we're back at the Millennium Tower, one of our favorite subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, John, if you could scroll down a little bit to to not this video, but the one below it, I believe, is is what we're looking for. Yeah, that one. Uh so so when we last left off on the saga of the Millennium Tower, uh they were doing a bunch of digging. And then some people who know shit about how the ground works are like, uh, digging a lot is probably a very dangerous move right now. Uh, you're going to lose a lot of your lateral support and the thing's probably going to sink more. Uh, Oh, hold on. Hold on. I played Django a few times. Uh, and what I know is that if you want to be real successful at the game, you need to aim as low as you can. You just take out all the pieces (laughs) at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Is this how I do life in general? I just aim as low as I can. Yeah. (laughs) Also, what's really good in Jenga is if you like put it on a dirt surface and then you you Mm -hmm. dig around the the tower several times. And um, you use you, yeah. what, what I love to do in Django is install hydraulics to push it over. <laughs> so, um, 
it's been it's been a week of their their digging campaign and uh john go ahead and play the video also tonight, the sinking appears to be accelerating. Our investigative unit uncovered recent data that shows the Millennium Tower has dropped nearly another tenth of an inch in just one week. And that may not seem like a lot, but experts fear it's a sign of more sinking and tilting to come. Sinking is happening while crews work on a fix for the tower. Crews are digging around the base of the building so they can extend the existing concrete mat foundation and tie it to piles anchored into the bedrock. Experts tell us uh, our investigative unit that an additional tenth of an inch of sinking could indicate sinking will continue as crews move earth around the base of the tower for weeks to come. So far, the Millennium Tower has sunk 20 inches at the building's northwest corner, which is causing it to lean a total of 27 inches in that direction. Holy shit. Joining us now is investigative reporter Jackson Vanderbecken. Jackson, um, obviously, this is there's a lot going on here. There's more sinking on top of the leaning, and this is complicated. Can you just explain to us simply what's the worry here now? The worry is that if they take away soil from the side of the building, where uh, the building is leaning towards Fremont Street, the more soil you remove from the side, the more the building might want to lean that way. It kind of makes what? sort of sense that the <laughs> mat, which is a slab 10 foot thick, it will uh, push against the soil next to it and the soil will push back. But if you take that soil away, it's not going to do as well at offsetting the mat and it might want to lean more. All right. So no battle with the soil. That's what they're trying to figure out. What's the building's engineer saying about this? Are they worried? And do they actually think this fix is really going to work? Well, well, first the fix, they do think it'll work. They think it'll at least offset some of the tilt <laughs> and, and stabilize the building by anchoring it to bedrock. As to what's going on now, they're basically saying that they expect some sinking and tilting to occur even as they are completing this work. All right, so the workers are working really hard, engineers as well. They're trying to figure all of this out. What about the homeowners here? What's the latest with them? Well, I think some of them are asking some pretty significant questions, but right now the answers are just going to have to wait and see. They really have very little information to go on because a lot of this material is between the engineers and how they're planning to do this fix and get it done. Uh, there are outsiders who look in and have questions, but so far they're, you know, we're just basically having to take a wait and see attitude. Yeah, like all of us, a wait and see situation. All right, Jackson, thanks so much. There, there are people who uh, look in uh, to the top four from ground level uh, <laughs> and have some questions. Uh, if you're looking uh, for more people living here, they have, they have a lot of questions like, where did all my eggs go? And also, <laughs> why did my dog fall out the window? <laughs> why do I keep falling out of bed? <laughs> uh, keep waking up in someone else's apartment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Can you imagine first just off, like, white? Uh, John, what the fuck was that aspect ratio? <laughs> that what though the aspect ratio on my screen was was dog shit it was it was so stretched uh oh oh yeah it's what well, i don't know it's whatever the setting is mr vanderbeck i don't think it has a boy all right uh yeah uh vanderbeck and king as always saying it as it is um again i think i think we're gonna see this building fall down <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah if there's a god yeah if, if there's a god could... You could make it a 
modern Pisa tower. Right. If uh, I'm shocked that we haven't heard uh, about the architect, uh, really. Uh, but if I was the architect of this and I had fucked up this bad, I wouldn't go into hiding like they have. What I would do, what I would do is say, yes, this is a performance art project and it's supposed to sink to a certain degree. And it's it's our beautiful modern day Tower of Pisa. Yeah, we'd be like, oh shit, I'd be like, that's hilarious. Can I build more the buildings, Italian please? architects of yesteryear. Yeah. I would like to build more lopsided buildings if anyone wants to give me $3 billion. The City Hall of Brussels is a very large, very beautiful building. And the architect that designed it, uh, once it was completed uh, quite a while ago, it's, uh, it's an old building, um, realised that it, w- it was not perfectly symmetrical as per his plan. So he did the only thing you can do and walked all the way up City Hall and killed himself. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know. and, um, yeah. Maybe it's an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. But wasn't wasn't Venice also like that? That was a mistake, right? Like it was just on a bog and it kept sinking down. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if if you just if you just keep a tight upper lip and just say oh, I did it on purpose, then you can get away <laughs> with fucking anything. <laughs> Especially with buildings. You see, the uh, the ocean is actually an integral part of the city, and so I wanted to incorporate it into all of my buildings and streets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say you're a bug, because I am a, a big fan of theremin. Uh, <laughs> this is actually an eco-friendly city, uh, because as the oceans rise elsewhere, we won't have cars. Um Imagine how much ferryman poops in the canal, though. Oh, yeah. There's got to be so much poop in that water and so many, like, romantic tourists, I'm sure, like, drank out of it for some weird reason. Um, There's there's I want to share a poem. Go ahead. And it's it's, it's a poem that that shows um, a... So, Obviously, everything that's happening with this tower is asinine, and and it's really good that we have the adults that are taking care of the problem in order to solve it in sensible ways, right? Um, And I wanted to share this poem because it's one that I actually remember from my childhood, and it uh, it proves that this idea was fucking stupid, and a child could have told you this. This is by Shel Silverstein. It's called Pancake? Question mark. Ooh. Who wants a pancake, sweet and piping hot? Good little Grace looks up and says, I'll take the one on the top. Who else wants a pancake fresh off the griddle? Terrible Teresa smiles and says, I'll take the one in the middle. So uh, lesson is, uh, if something is unstable, stop fucking taking parts out of the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Why, is why, why? But I mean, the real philosophical, I mean, like a, a, a really smart kid will look at the poem and, and will say not, well, it's a silly idea to take the one in the middle. And they would say, why the fuck is this, st- this stack of pancakes so high? Exactly. <laughs> See? So, yeah, children can solve this. Don't, 
don't stack a billion pancakes and don't build a skyscraper that that's going to be a problem if it falls down. <laughs> I think we should return to monkey and live in trees, and then we would never complain about pancakes or buildings. But sometimes we trees lean. Pancakes. I think we we can still link. Yeah, but I lean with the tree. Oh, that's very Hashtag very... lean. Yeah, I, lo- I love the lean. <laughs> I love lean. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, on on to our next shit post subject. Um, a lot of a lot of hullabaloo, if you will. It's a racist word. Is it? No, I think it is. I wanted to convince you of that. Um. So, so this thing happened recently where, where this journalist named Taylor Lorenz uh, doxed the uh, the libs of TikTok uh, account owner uh, who has in turn doxed a lot of other people. Um, I'm not saying anybody's right or wrong here. What did fun. I... Oh, hold on. Um, that's so... So I, I feel like the order of operations there is a little, little, little mixed up. The this this TikTok or this the fuck the the, the uh, libs of whatever the fuck libs of TikTok. person was doxing people to begin with. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was, I, I I said it in reverse order, but I yeah. but I did use the right tenses uh, technically. So. Uh, I'm, we can carry on. <laughs> I'm, I'm spurging so bad right now. Lives a TikTok, an account yeah. who doxed a ton of people, um, mm. calling them out as pedophiles when they weren't really pedophiles. Um, anybody who was trans mm. and a teacher, they would like release their information and get them fired from their job or like put their job in question, sort of shit. Taylor Lorenz, a pretty shitty journalist on all other counts, like uh, did this investigative journalist bit, uncovered who the account owner of Libs of TikTok was, doxed Libs of TikTok, which not great either, but you know, this is a person who's doxing people all the time, so crocodile tears can be shed. Uh, and then Taylor Lorenz in turn gets doxed and, and now she's crying about it. I don't care about any of these people. I think it's hilarious. But uh, if we want to see how far Glenn Greenwald has fallen as a journalist, we need only watch like the first uh, 30 to 45 seconds of this clip, which is hilarious. First off, he's on Tucker Carlson and he offers Tucker no pushback on this incredibly baited question that offered yeah. to him. And also, uh, he's on Tucker Carlson we need to re- all the fucking time. Yeah, that, that, uh, which is a weird thing that he does now is he's on Tucker Carlson a lot. Uh, and, and, you know, and there's, he, there's an argument for doing that, but there's an argument for doing that if you, if you combat Glenn. Tucker Carlson. But he doesn't ever yeah. combat Tucker Carlson, and in fact, he he uh, said that Tucker Carlson is a so so socialist, uh, which is yeah, that's that's where yeah, exactly. Like Greenwald is is fucking up. I don't even necessarily think that you need to be convicted or at least like hyper combative with someone like Carlson. But no, no, this no, no, is not not hyper combative in in like terms of like actively shouting him down or whatever but like give some pushback to again we'll see this incredibly baited question that tucker carlson gives and he just kind of like avoids the conflict 
and goes yeah. into this weird diatribe about like let's talk about journalistic integrity right, uh, when, right. when we're talking about two groups of people who have no journalistic integrity <laughs> which is lives a tiktok yeah. a doxer and then taylor lorenz somebody who docks the doxer but also like sucks in general so who cares who, who doxes the doxer right uh so so let's go ahead and play this john who has done actual reporting over many years. Um, he's been following this very closely. You can find him, of course, on Substack. Glenn, what, I, I have to ask you too, why would the government of Germany be funding the doxing of an American Twitter account? What are we looking at here, do you think? Look, if, you know, there were really a principle, Tucker, that everyone was willing to agree with, that anybody who obtained any influence on social media even if they wanted to remain anonymous to protect their family or their workplace or their community, now is fair game to be investigated and unmasked, right. no matter their political ideology. Everybody was, was subject to that. I wouldn't agree with that, but at least I could swallow it. The idea Me that too. as soon as someone gains influence, they're fair game for reporting. But you know that's not the case. If Imagine, for example, if I tomorrow go to Tucker to Taylor Lorenz's home and bang on her door, or Fox sends a camera crew to her parents' house, or some right-wing <laughs> independent journalist goes to her sibling's workplace and says, we're here to find out information about Taylor Lorenz, an extremely powerful and influential journalist. Or imagine if you unmask the identity of, say, a trans activist who was popular on Facebook or a Black Lives Matter activist who had a big Twitter following. You think these, these people who are defending yeah. Taylor Renz would say, oh, this is fair game reporting. This is shoe leather journalism. They would declare like some sort of crisis of, of national mental health and press freedom. Right, we, they we would like lower the flags to, to half mast. Um, it's clearly a huge double. So first off, the question is, why is the German government funding this investigative journalist uh, to dox people? Doesn't address that at all. And, and his response goes uh, straight to, um, oh, so whenever you're an influencer on social media, now you're fair game for doxing. And then he goes on to say, uh, what if you're a trans activist that gets doxxed? That's literally what Libs of TikTok was doing. Yeah, he has right. done no fucking investigation into this situation at all. And he's a fucking idiot now. I don't know what happened to this guy. I think the CIA put a fucking brain chip in him. <laughs> that's it. That, that's got to be it. I, I have, and, and you know what? If people want to go back, I don't, even, I don't remember which episodes or whatever. But the first time that Greenwald was brought on, on not brought on, brought up on the show, yeah, we have him on all the time. Yeah. Uh, but the first time he was brought up on the show, I like audibly moaned, and and I, I swear to God, this was like back in like 2020. So many people were going off about how great fucking Glenn Greenwald was. And it's, he's always been, this has always been present. It just, he, he had some good things to say along with it. Uh, and that's just becoming rarer and rarer and rarer. I, I think so that's it's, it's why just, we, we originally brought him up on the podcast was to say, this guy did some good things, but now he's like completely fucking lost in the sauce of things. I, yeah, I think we ended up bringing him up around the Venezuela bullshit um, because, like, it, of all the of all the things that he says, the only things that he says that are remotely decent sometimes, at least back in you know twenty twenty, were about you know uh, Southern and Central America. Um, yeah, and that has changed as well, largely. But hey, he's, he's he's just fucking always been like this. He just ran out of good things to say, and this is all he has left. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah uh I- interesting to to see this um again uh if you dox people on on your uh twitter account and then you get doxxed uh i have no sympathy for you it's just uh yeah you're fair game at that point you know <laughs> live by the sword die by the exactly. sword live by the dox die by the dox or whatever <laughs> yeah live by the tweet die by the tweet <laughs> Um, and and then we have our last link, which I forgot that I put in, but we we might as well uh, watch it because it's funny. Um, and this this kind of goes back into like the populist message that someone like uh, Le Pen is offering to people, uh, where you have DeSantis uh, kind of offering this like populist sort of message to the people of Florida, uh, but like couched in like deeply uh anti-trans sort of racist rhetoric um and and we can go ahead and play this clip john one step closer to stripping disney of its special status it all comes out of a fight over the so-called don't say gay law cbs 2's manuel bohorkis is in orlando tonight to explain when Disney World was still just an idea, the Disney family lobbied Florida officials to create a special improvement district governed by Disney and called Reedy Creek. It taxes itself to provide roads, power, and some emergency services. That was 1967. This was the governor's call to lawmakers this week. But they also will be considering termination of all special districts that were enacted in Florida prior to 1968. The move comes after Disney publicly condemned Florida's parental rights and education law, which critics called Don't Say Gay, because it prohibits public school instruction on topics related to sexual orientation or gender identity in grades K through three. Is this retaliation? No, I don't think so. But I think right, when you don't need to listen to steps, this conversation, sometimes issue rise up. Uh, so, so basically, weirdly, uh, the Republicans are doing an anti-corporate thing, but they're, of course, doing it in the worst way possible, uh, which yeah. is that uh, Disney has always had this spe- special uh, district status where it's basically its own little government in this area. And uh, instead of like, dismantling that because that's a bad idea and we shouldn't allow that to happen they're dismantling it because uh disney made this weird performative like push to to uh uh denounce the don't say gay bill that was passed in florida um so that sucks and uh this is why desantis is probably going to win in 2024 um he'd make such a fucking funny president dude it would be fun. It would be it would be, be almost president. Trump funny. Nobody is ever gonna beat Trump as the funniest president. No, well uh, no, come on. it would be funny in a different way. It would be funny in a different way. Like Biden is fucking funny as shit too. But I've got I've got yeah, a, I've got I've got a, I've got a, I've got a sound clip for that. All men and women created by the, go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> yeah yeah um, so yeah I, I don't know yeah I, I think we should vote for him no I don't think we should vote for him I, I think let's let's get DeSantis in as as president of the United States uh 2024 through 2050 whatever the fuck I don't know yeah, how to do because he's gonna number. change the rules and it'll be cool. Yeah, t- until twenty fifty thousand, uh, we're gonna change how time works and also the way that uh, the election cycle functions. Um, I think that yeah, we we're gonna make to America atemporal again. 
What were you saying, John? I was going to say, uh, uh, if uh, we change the rules uh, for uh, uh, DeSantos to 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 reign for ten thousand years, we should weekend in, at Bernie's it for ten thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> like that. That that's who will be the head of the government. Going to do some War Warhammer forty thousand shit with uh, <laughs> with DeSantis as the God King Emperor. <laughs> right, right. I th- I think he should do it in a Mickey Mouse costume, but with the head off. Yeah, with a we're throne, at, yeah. with a throne made out of gay bones, yeah. but only because Mickey Mouse is gay now. Yeah, he's wearing a oh, crown. He's, he's always been. It's always been very weird. Oh, did did, did he? Did, did, I really hope that there's like drama where he like divorced Minnie. And, like, oh, I'm sorry, I got <laughs> caught at the glory hole, and this is how you I found saw, out. Um, a story of a guy on a Disney cruise who was. Dressed as one of the, um, I don't know what we call them. He was not a character. He was just like one of those luggage carrier guys. And he was introducing the kids to Mickey. And he was like holding Mickey, Mickey with his hand on his shoulder. I was like, hey, guys, this is Mickey. And then he got taken aside because apparently he touched Mickey's boobs. And that was really bad and taboo to do that in front of kids. I guess, I guess because the actors tend to be women because they have to be under four feet, under five feet, which makes it girlfriend height. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's mad. So yeah, you can't touch Mickey's boob, and he got fired for it. That's so funny. We, we got transgender Mickey's out here on these cruise yeah. lines. We're just yeah. talking on all the deliciousness that Disney always produces. Have you guys seen the amount of serial murders? And it's just awful murders that have happened in celebration. In, in celebration of what? Do you know Celebration, Florida? That's the Disney oh. town. Oh. 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 Because there, there is that. I mean, I think Disney, well, well he was fascist, but, but like this is where they go and hide because this is seen and presented as the perfectly little village. Love so it. people with like terrible a violent lot of, lot of, uh, German grandpas living in Celebration, <laughs> Florida, huh? Oh, I heard the best insult ever. It's you look like a, um, a German man from Chile. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's why like Orange County exists is yeah. so that like fucking psychopaths can live in tract housing. Um, yeah. Um, well, cool. That's that's all well, uh, I had. But and and you know maybe a good way of closing it is to to remind the words of Barack Obama when he was first speaking to Mickey Mouse, which was uh, Mickey. If you like your dick, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Dorian, we, we never got a chance to say this because I never needed a potty break, but but I have one last uh, audio clip that I saved as a soundboard, and I saved it specifically for you, and, and here it is. Go to the bathroom! You're shitting yourself! Do, do I need to play it again? Go to the yeah. bathroom! You're shitting yourself! Oh, oh, the video that I sent you. You're shitting yourself. Yeah. Go to the bathroom now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, folks, uh, thanks as always uh, for for joining us. Um, we didn't get around to the comments, but but I think we answered most of the comments. Most of them suck, honestly. Well, they're okay. 
we, we like these people. I mean, They're good people. Here's the thing, Mike. There's a difference between you and I, um, and uh, it's not just our our size. Huh. All right. The, Go on. <laughs> the uh, the actually first first good compliment. Uh, compliment. First good comment. Uh, uh, actually, Joe or Jeb would still objectively be the funniest president. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. He would be the funniest president imaginable. Um, Rudy Giuliani would be good. That would be really good, actually. That would be really funny. Uh, but anyway, so the real difference between you and I is um, I don't pretend to like these fucking people. You actually like them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, good. I feel yeah. a genuine intimacy with all the... the Turn that the around. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Before we go, uh, Danko, do you have any uh, uh, pitches? I do. Uh, so the, the usual one... Um, would be, you know, we have this workshop. We study uh, writing and philosophy. Uh, this week, we're actually going to be focusing on writing uh, as, as a kind of a craft, and we're going to do that once a month. But otherwise, we're looking at eroticism, which is hosted by Laura Nicholson, who is uh, brilliant and wonderful. And I am doing a, a, a series on fascism. Uh, and uh, it's been, I think, uh, very lively and actually really kind of enlightening. Uh, so if anyone wants to check that out, it's only $5 a month. And you get reading materials. You get to go to uh, four-plus sessions a month uh, that are you know, up to three hours a piece. I mean, they're three hours, but you, know, you don't have to go to the whole thing because I'm not your dad. Uh, even if you vote me into the French presidency. Um, but that's uh, patreon.com slash truncata, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A. Uh, yeah, I almost lost that one. Uh, but um, yeah, so check that out. Also a reminder that um, I was on the Pondering cast. Uh, so check out uh, OK Schizo, or I think it's, pondering cast on instagram you can find it you're smart people some of you uh so you can find that uh apparently uh, it was a very entertaining episode i said a bunch of bizarre stuff about panpsychism and uh shit like that uh and um tomorrow i am recording with some people that i've uh followed for a very long time before theorygram even existed so philosophy union so pamu the philosophy union I'm recording a podcast with them uh, tomorrow so that I don't know when it will be up and I don't know if it will be good, but uh, I, I trust uh, that they won't make me say the N word. Huh? That's weird. I, I feel like you would only Ooh. say that on your own accord, but you know, neither here well, nor there. I'm a sellout. Let's be real. <laughs> for, for the right price tag, right? What's, what's your price? Ten to fifteen dollars. We're gonna skip John for pitches because we all know. And uh, Jay, do you have anything you'd like to pitch? Yeah, you should try pissing on your friends. Oh, okay. Goddamn well, right. You're goddamn right. A saleswoman, if ever I saw one. Honestly, um, any kind of fluid, do with your friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so my pitch as usual, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon is and always will be a free broadcast. So However, if you would like to donate to this, 
Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Benzo Rehab Dungeon. I actually spent the last three months of uh, Patreon money on the soundboard that I have now. So, so that's where I came <laughs> from. I, I always uh, say that that I'll use the money to improve the broadcast. I don't think I necessarily did that this time, but uh, it exists but you now. you did spend all $3. Well, <laughs> I did spend I, all $3 on this soundboard, and uh, that that's where we are now. I think uh, me and Dorian are both owed a third of a soundboard. I think uh, that's true, actually. Yeah. It's possible. Because if you guys want me to stop sounding like I'm in the inside of a wooden box... Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll work something out now Now that I have all the gadgets I need yeah. to impress or, you. Or I can just be an adult and uh, buy my own toys. Nah, 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 that's fine. We'll Be's talk fine. about it. Um, as always, we love you. Please take your medicine. Please take mine, too. And share some with your friends. Nothing, Jay. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't just, plan yeah. for this. Piss on people. Piss on people. Piss on people. Piss on people. Great. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Thank you, guys. Oh, thank God.